0: Okay, this week we have an episode with Pat McCarthy. He is a true stallion of a human being. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, but before we get into it, we got some exciting news. We just dropped the Man Boys new movie, Plank, on our YouTube channel. Head on over and check these Canadian Clydesdales out. They are putting a beat down on the Whistler backcountry, so be sure to not miss that. Again, Man Boys video on our YouTube channel. Check that out. We also have all kinds of new merch for fall, some hoodies. So head on over to bombhole.com, get yourself some merch and support the podcast. And with that being said, let's get into the Pat McCarthy episode.
1: You are listening to the Bombhole. Bomb podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody.
0: <laughs> the bomb. Gonna slide down them big hills, you know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard. All right, we're at it again here at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first, Dunny Buds, how are we doing today? So good, my dog. God, I love hearing that. To ah. so my left, we got a Northwest legend in the booth. We got Pat McCarthy. Pat, how are we doing? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hits him with a he right I out the gate. I was waiting for that one for a bit. Right on. the gate. <laughs>
0: well, uh, for those listeners who don't know who PMAC is, he's a legendary pro snowboarder, a.k.a. Sarge, the general of Mount Baker, the mascot of Mount Baker, if you will. Legendary human that is always down for a good time with good vibes. He's a dad. He's sitting on a stack of iconic video parts. He's the current six eight six team manager. And he's a pillar in the snowboarding community. Also, what a Northwest. Northwest Finest. I think as far as Northwest goes, maybe Washington proper, you might be our first official born and raised.
2: What an honor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, P.
2: Mac, Seriously. Here. That yeah. is, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, thank you for creating this amazing platform. I'm always tapping in uh, my drives up to the mountain, and uh, yeah, it's special stuff.
0: Thanks. Well, we're going to get into all of it, but first things first. I think we should start with the smelling salt. You said you never done one. Wow! Let's get jacked up. You got a jar right in front of you there. Here.
2: Where? Oh no! Crack
0: one of these. So all you do is you squeeze it and you just kind of like work your way up, like, and uh, and and it should just kind of wake you right up. All right. Hit. Whoa! Oh, he got a good one. He got a
1: good one, ladies hard. and gentlemen. He, he went, went hard. hard.
2: Holy smokes!
1: Oh, all right,
2: we're doing this. Is that blood? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's blood right out your nose. Yeah. All right, I'm ready to go. You went Dropping. deep. <laughs> I can see by your eyes, and they just turned red and watery, that
2: you went deep. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> I actually was already thinking that when I went to do it, I was going to go deep, and you did. They did not disappoint. <laughs> <Is that lit laughs> right? I'd, li- I'd like to hit one of those right before I drop in for my Mount Baker Legendary Bank slalom run. Yeah. Get me get me in the zone. Except Maybe for I- the tears my eyes, It yeah. might be a little yeah. blurry.
1: You're not supposed to go that deep. Yeah. But okay. I'm proud of you for doing, doing it like that. Well, yeah. let's
0: talk about this because I remember you used to smack the old uh, five-hour energies. Are you still on that tip?
2: No. No, I don't <laughs> think that those are very good for you. <laughs> I pretty much just kind of uh, grew up and uh, – kind of eased into the stage of coffee now oh, okay. you know coffee even last year when i was uh hitting the road gap with austin sweet and i brought him up a nice iced coffee as a gift um for the drop-in and everything and we shared that so that was cool did, Big you, coffee did you just guy.
1: casually slip in that you hit the road gap last year
2: in your 40s all day <laughs> gotta keep it going that's, I, that's the. those are the things that like you know keep you jacked up you know and like make people you know you earn the rider's respect and those are the kind of things that i like you know like i don't really like to just cruise around and hit like a little popper. i want to get i want to get buck still
0: well there's a reason why the baker cat track gap is also known as the pat track gap Do you think you, you probably logged more uh sessions on that than anybody i'd imagine right
2: uh i would probably yeah i, I mean for sure I, <laughs> there's no <laughs> two ways around that but uh, no, that jump's awesome. It's like, it's perfect. You know, I'm a, I I look at snow safety a lot being from uh, Mount Baker and I'm always like thinking about the, you know, what kind of risk that not only myself, but like everybody in the crew is going to be in. So, you know, the cat track app is an amazing jump because you're at no risk for avalanche danger, no matter what. So it's like, dude, if it just snowed 78 inches, you know, or whatever, like, Go dust that thing before you go ride a big mountain lion and get buried, you know? That's my theory.
0: Smart. Now, um, earlier you opened up the show with the sound, the he and I remember we were hitting the cat track gap uh, years ago, (laughs) and I believe you landed something, and then you went back up, and you were like, you wanted to do a back rodeo on it, and I'll never forget, you went back rodeo, I was at the top. And you see, he pops back rodeo and then mid upside down, you like, here. He, he.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you break down true the, he, story, the true he story for us?
2: Can you break it like the? I think that was probably that's probably like a Jesse Bertner thing, you know. I just have like being Haas, they call it, or whatever. Like, I've just always had like this energy, you know, like a lot of people. I don't want to be like out. In the in the mountains and have it just be all quiet. Like you should be gassing your homies up. You should be gassing people around you up. You should be yelling at fools, like making it buck. You know, like like the, you don't want to be in the mountains and it's just some cool guy show. You know, mm-hmm. like let it let it be out there. You know, be out there, like you know, give people their flowers and just gas them up. So, would you say it's like a war cry, or would you say it's like a mating call? Which one? ooh, ooh. probably not a mating call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gonna
2: say. Uh, it's a war cry it it's is for a, sure a war cry. cry it's like let's get down to business like let it all out you know sometimes like you have all this for me it's like when i'm going into a day of snowboarding like you know i have an objective usually i want to like i want to crush it i want to get something going and like for me that's just kind of like a little bit of a release you know when you finally like you know let's say you stomp a nine over the cat gap like then you're like oh he you know like you let it out you you started that morning you had like it all built up to that one moment, you know, and mm-hmm. like some of my most memorable tricks over the cat gap would be like, I did the first like switch straight air over it. I did the first 900 over it, front nine, front nine in uh, 2003. Is it in moment of truth. It was, it was Ooh. in moment of truth. Tech nine represent. Yeah. Cole I, Taylor. I heard
0: that, that, that part's really good, but I heard like one of the dudes that owns that company is like kind of, like kind of questionable though. Yeah. I've heard the same. <laughs> <laughs> Very questionable. Just, no just way. Kidding, bud, just kidding. No
2: way, no way. No, that, that part
0: was... that part we we should fuck it. We're going to go out of order like right? cuz I just yeah, was, w- no, We don't w- got to go chronological. We got to talk moment of truth cuz you're stomping around in the puddle. You
2: got Lloyd Banks. Oh That's wow. That's a heater part. Oh man. I remember. Yeah, that was stomping around so, in the puddle. <laughs> I don't know, like, just to bring transparency to that, like, sometimes, you know, you might think you're, like, part of something, like, the whole time, but, like, really, for me, I was filming with Think Think Thunk for with Jesse Burtner, but, I, like, when I go out, I'm trying to stack, like, as many clips as humanly possible, like, every single day. I do the same tricks all the time. I know there's all these riders that used to be like, oh, you can't do a nine if you already did one. I, I don't r- run by any rules, like, in the mountains. Like, I'm throwing everything I got every day no matter what and like no rules no nbds well you're going for nbds if you can but like you're just going to do every other trick you know you got to be respectful also to the photographers that are out there they want to get good shots sometimes you need to just go do something basic so that they get a dope clip and you're and you're like giving back to them because they're lugging that 90 pound bag around too so you got to put it on for everybody and yeah so that tech nine part was super special came out here um came out here and met up with Cole and we uh we shot the and uh Ian I think his name was Ian, Ian Rig, yeah. Rigby Ian Rigby He uh we shot some stuff together and I got to uh I chilled with like Aaron Bittner and I saw like his part and oh man it was like I think it was like Jaquan or some shit and I was just like damn just being part of that I, I I grew up in the Northwest so it was a little different up there but like I remember I started riding for this snowboard shop Northwest Board Sports And they kind of came at me like when I got on the team, and they're like, "Hey, there's some like, what sponsors do you want?" They started like naming some companies. I started riding for Tech Nine, and uh, that was like a dream. I remember when I got the circle like Tech Nine team rider stickers; they're huge, and like you put that on your nose, like that kind of stuff. It like brings out a different beast, and like you when you get that inspiration, you know. And like I always listen to hip hop. I like rolled chrome dubs on my truck, like bumped my system all crazy. Like I wasn't your traditional, you know, wear all black with duct tape, Mount Baker, 87 Toyota pickup truck guy. I was like, <laughs> you know, like I've always just like, dude, if anything in this world and in like during your time on the planet earth, be yourself, be exactly who you want to be. And don't like, don't ever adjust for anybody else because there's not enough time for that. So we're just gonna, yeah, like it was just such a sick home for me to be part of T9 for those years. I remember like they used a clip of me in represent, and then I got a couple clips in living proof. And then I got the full saggy in moment of truth. And you know, the coolest thing is about being in moment of truth and being part of tech nine is that there is at every resort, everywhere you go, there is somebody that lives, eats, breathes, sleeps tech nine and that is the only thing that matters to them and so those people i see them all the time they give me they gas me up they give me props and so all love that's sick they big still big shouts to huh? cole taylor too cole taylor yeah, cole. you know eastone cole taylor was just like dude he was so intimidating to ride for he like was buff he was tatted up he was kind of just burly and scary and like i was like this is the kind of dude i want on my corner you know like <laughs> So, yeah, big shouts to all that, dude. I was telling Easton this morning about rolling around in Marco's uh, Escalade, and he was bumping his system so hard in Salt Lake that, like, there was sawdust in my brain, like, rattling around between my ears. And, like, it was just a trip. But I loved every second of it. Amazing. Well, uh, PMAC, let's run it
0: back because I'm curious of what the early days of snowboarding for young he mac looked like out there okay young okay. sarge junior bacon sarge
2: so <laughs> i started snow I'm, I'm 42 so i started snowboarding 33 years ago uh 1989 and you know like just like anything you want to do what your big brother does you know and he was a snowboarder he had the jester hat the sims like jester hat with the little bells on it and uh i got i got that christmas i got a burton 130 And, uh, I'll never forget it. And that, like after that, you know, basically the early days for me started out like snowboarding on ski buses, going up to Stevens pass ripping with, uh, and like, you know, building friendships and whatnot. And, and just like snowboarding as many days as you possibly can. We do like family trips to Whistler family trips to bachelor. And then, uh, basically for me, like we moved to Seattle when I was about, I grew up in a small town in Washington called Marysville. And then after Marysville, going into high school, which is a very formative time of your life, I moved to Seattle, didn't really have like a ton of friends yet or anything like that. So I just fell like into snowboarding, you know, and I had, a, I had a gas card and a car. I'd go to Stevens like every single chance I got. And I remember my first day at my new high school, I was walking through the hallway and I had this uh, Wendell Snowboard Camp t-shirt on and I bumped into this kid. His name's Ryan Garvey, deserves a major shout out. And so Garvey's told me he had a cabin up at Stevens Pass. We were inseparable for the remainder of high school. We would snowboard every day with our crew, the CCC, with Tim Kroll and Tipton Power and Ryan Garvey. That was our squad. And uh, and I just – those were the formative years. I'd snowboard every single chance I got. I'd snowboard – we did a ski bus at night. I would snowboard Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When time was off, I would go 14 days in a row. I would snowboard from 9 until 10. I would, I would snowboard from the minute the mountain opened until the minute it closed every day, I'd have like five sets of gloves sitting on these heaters inside the lodge and I'd go back and get them. I always made the rule, like never do the same trick. You know, like if you're ripping around, you hit the jump, you did a front three. Like that's one of the biggest things that I learned. Like what I, what I see with young kids, you get like your one or two cool tricks that you can like impress your homies with dude, throw that away. Like try the ones that you suck at first, you know, like, and try like everything and just chuck and that's like how you'll get there you know so i mean that's that's kind of the gist of it and then it was like after a while in the northwest then some of the like pros like you know that i looked up to they kind of invited me to be like the little kid like the young guy in their crew and that crew was uh elon Bouchelle, kurt jensen monty hayes eric brant um these you know brian schaefer for sure Big shout outs to all those Stevens. Those those so those guys were like six seven years older than me. They had sponsors. They'd be out like filming with Hassanek and like you know they and they invited me you know to start riding with them as a crew. We formed a a crew called like uh, Sound Straight, and we we would just go film together. And like those guys really like opening up the world to me. It was mostly Kurt Jensen, like number one first and foremost. We just. Shared a lot of uh, progression and the, all that went down kind of like before I moved to Baker.
1: I have a quick Patreon question. Yeah, um, he keeps calling you Sarge. Yeah, Morrison asks, "How did Sarge get his nickname?"
2: Um, that's a tough one. I th- I'm pretty sure that I got to give it to Nate Lind. He's a Mount Baker local legend in in his own right, and uh, yeah, he. You know, people called me the Sarge. I think it was like when I was out. Uh, building jumps and we'd go out. I was a bit militant, you know, like I would bark orders or like, you know, just want to get the jump. I'll tell you one thing. Those jumps don't build themselves. (laughs) Like you gotta, build, you gotta, you know, it's like a beautiful, sunny powder day. And like, you want to just rip around the resort like everybody else and have a blast and just enjoy yourself. But that's not how I like to do it. I want to hit a big jump and I want to get, and it takes time to get it going. So it's like, sometimes you're cutting blocks and you're like, this box need to be better. You're like, get them over here. What are you doing? Like, I'm trying to hit this jump today. You know, like, but no, I don't know. Like a couple five-hour energies in the gut. ready Yeah, to yeah park, ready to barking go. orders. So the Sarge, I think it just kind of stemmed from that. And it's like been really funny. Like the boys, like the guys I'm on the team with, like they don't, eat, nobody ever calls me Pat or Patrick or like even like you always called me PMAC, you know, and a lot of people did that. But uh, Sarge has definitely been like, as I've gotten older, you know, and like everything, that's just kind of been the name that stuck. Everybody loves the Sarge. So I
0: believe when he landed, he said, uh, "Salt Lake Sarge has arrived." Quote unquote.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Does
1: your wife call you Sarge?
2: No, she's the Sarge.
1: Let's oh, <laughs> give her answer, an air Good horn. answer. Yeah,
2: let's give Bethany McCarthy an airhorn. <laughs> Should we give her the super air horn? Oh, Woo. of course.
0: Yes, please. Ultimate form of respect. Oh, uh, bef- while we're on the nickname subject, though, I I gotta bring something up, buds, because I don't know if you ever know how I got my nickname, Diesel, Grand Diesel.
1: Oh, from him.
2: Boom, wow. P Mac, P Mac coined Grand Diesel. Wow. It is an absolute honor to have coined Grand Diesel. Grand Diesel is a great. You name know, for You know, Chris
1: really wanted it to stick when he first got that name because it's a pretty good one, and and it has it's really worked.
2: Yeah, Grand uh, Diesel's are nice
0: dope. Yeah, man, well, it, it came from. Whoever I remember that, people called man. me. Yeah, ever <laughs> did that? Is the man? Well, people call me Grandies. Yeah, and like we were, you're hitting jumps with PMAC, and he's all fucking, he's all jacked up, and he's like <laughs> Grand Diesel, <laughs> I got Grand Diesel! <laughs> and like it just like Grandies. To Grand Diesel. Diesel. Yeah. That's out. like
2: when Grandy's is gonna throw it down, he's gonna put some ham down that you've never seen, dude. He's in Grand Diesel mode. Diesel mode. <laughs> he's no longer gr Grand, he's in Grand Diesel. So I'm
0: glad we got that. I'm glad we got that cleared up. But uh <laughs> so so who is your
2: first how'd you get sponsored and stuff like that? Okay. Uh sponsorship started out you know in a lot of different ways, like I started riding in high school for a little shop in Seattle called Greg's Green Lake Cycle, and then later I would ride for the Snowboard Connection, which was a huge one. But it all, like, started kind of, like, organically how it always does. Like, I started riding through the reps, you know. Like, I would ride for Tech 9 through, like, the rep in the Northwest who was, like, Mike Henderson. And then, like, you know, you'd pick up these different sponsors along the way. And um, But I guess if you really want to look at, like, true sponsorship it all happened in um in my junior year in college like so i would i was in college at western washington university studying in marketing and stuff and uh and basically like i was putting out like video parts and i would i would put all my i'd like go to college on like wednesday You know, I'd have like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably skip Wednesday too. And just filming with the boys, just, just (laughs) stacking clips, dude. And like, and then, uh, yeah, basically option snowboards was the first one. They came to the table and they said, Hey, we'll pay you a salary. We'll pay you to travel. We'll, we'll give you some incentives. And you know, like, why don't you, you give this snowboarding thing like a hundred percent, you know, and we'll we'll pay you. They were going to pay me like twice what I was living on at the time. And then it's like, one thing I always like to tell everybody in the snowboard industry, when it, uh, when it rains, it pours, you know, like when you get one sponsor, like I would always go to Las Vegas to the trade show before it was in Denver. And I would go to Las Vegas. I'd have a backpack with VHS tapes with my sponsor me tapes. I'd have three ring binders with like my photos. I'd ride out like like sponsor me, like, like, you know, about me contest results and everything. And I'd go hand them around to people. Some people probably thought I was a kook, but you know, some people it stuck with. And, and before you knew it, like I had like the whole onslaught of sponsors and, and it was uh, amazing, you know? So I think that's kind of how it happened. Like everything kind of fell in line after you get one who's really committed to you and they're going to pay you like salary, then it's like when you go talk to dragon or you go talk to like Northwave, Drake and Bakota, like they're going to be like, all right, like they're doing that for you. Like, let's get on this train. And it's all about like building like the biggest group around you so that you're all like kind of riding together, you know, like that's a huge part of, of sponsorship that I think people lose out on like, you know, back. And then back in the day, it was like every sponsor I had, like, found some cool way to support me, you know, like, and so it was, like, from Snowboard Connection, One Ball J Wax, I've been rocking with them forever, Dragon, Optics, dude, like, you know, and, and anybody, even nowadays, like, I think it's really funny. People are always real interesting about, like, how they're like, oh, I won't put a sticker on my board unless I'm getting, like, this certain amount of money. from. <laughs> I just, like, dude, all that is just so, like, dude, don't play all those games, man. Like, just throw this, like... When I get my brand-new box of, like, Van shoes and boots, dude, the stick goes on the board, and I'm ripping, dude. Like, I'm not – I'm, like, I'm just grateful, you know, like, for the for all of it, you know? So, like, it's – like, yeah, that's an important side of it, too, you know, but yeah, – Some of those brands, you look. got
1: to have the sticker on for a couple of years before they're even going to talk to you, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can't just say, I'm only going to use it if I get paid. You no, know,
2: exactly, dude. And so, I mean, it's about, like, finding your own lane and, and figuring it out, dude. I mean, like – Probably the weirdest check I ever got from snowboarding. I gotta give this big shout out because it always makes me laugh. Is uh ballpark Frank dude Hooked wow. me up with some cash for you? Shout year. out. <laughs> so that was uh that was pretty classic. You got EPFs, the hot dog the, money, yeah. huh? Yeah, I got a little the hot dog Glizzy money. Glizzy, it's like Glizzy Glizzy money. got dollars. Glizzy uh. money I all love, day.
0: A couple Woo. things like a like the appreciation of the stickers huge and and mm-hmm. so many snowboarders. Uh, myself included are such like entitled pieces of shit that you're not gonna that I tend to do that what you're talking about. <laughs> the money uh, thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not gonna Yeah, I love that though. Great point. But uh one thing we just breezed over, we have to talk about is option snowboards because mm. Option is this like cult classic brand that's doesn't really get the shine it's it deserves. True. You know, we talk about forum, maybe we talk about M3 a little here or there, but like Option was really fucking sick and the team was really sick i want you to just talk about what that brand was like before it went away
2: yeah option was like kind of one of my well it was my first like basically pro sponsorship i guess that was gonna like pay me salary but they had an office in bellingham they were located in vancouver british columbia they made these boards like they they were all handcrafted they were like works of art they ripped they were insane. I remember like so that year that I got put on the pro team, like the first trip that I went on, we went to Canada and it was me and Yoni Mackinen and Kevin Sansalone. So much wow. love and respect for those two guys. Like they taught me a ton in like my early stages of of being a pro snowboarder. And like like Kevin Sansalone, full father figure for me. Like he he taught me everything that I needed to know. He he like sat me down like possessed and was like the minute you sign the contract, buy a house. And I was like, "Whoa, like why? Like I'm barely got anything." And he but dude, I followed every single rule he said and and took it to to whatever level I I could, you know, and big love and respect i remember on that first trip dude those guys like sat me down on like day three and they're like dude you need to relax out there dude you're throwing way too much at, at the mountain dude like you're gonna get broke <laughs> off you know like and i was just like every jump's getting all four nines <laughs> like <laughs> it was just crazy but dude yeah big big love and respect to the option crew and it, it would ended up being a super long run of it for me you know like they they paid my full part into like the trans World get real movie they always put me in the mac dog video like into the MacDog people projects um you know and even in the last like couple of years like there was just some amazing years when it was like me and chris Duffy, and like big shout outs and andrew sayer and john roth running that like that was just a special thing you know i was there through all sorts of different versions of option you know until until even the final version where it was you know you knew where where that ship was sailing but you still just wanted to rock like one thing that you'll realize like if you spend a lot of time with me is like loyalty is huge you know like i'm all i'm mega loyal to like people that are around me that like give me love and like and you'll you know you'll see the gratitude but uh that's part of my like existence for sure and option was insane, dude. We had like the best boards and yeah, even I got my pro model like with them and it was just insane. Special times. All right. We're going to take a quick break and talk to you about one of our sponsors, 686.
0: It's a brand that's been supporting snowboarding since day one. I believe this is 30 years, huh, buds?
1: 30 years. You know, back in the day, Mike West, the owner, the company's privately owned, which is pretty rare in snowboarding, they were cool enough to sponsor me. Wow, let's give him an air horn for yeah, that. Yeah, right? Big back in
0: the 1400s, maybe, Chris would say. <laughs> I think that was in 1805.
1: I think yes. it was like
2: you and Christopher Columbus.
0: Yes, I, we were the first team <laughs> yeah. riders. You actually tailblogged Plymouth Rock, I yes. believe, is what happened. But so
1: Mike West was cool enough to uh, get me on the team, and I've been able to watch his company evolve over the past years. And uh, to see them come to that thirty-year mark is just incredible. They are uh, doing the work behind the scenes to really affect our climate footprint as well with strong sustainability initiative that they're doing. They're what, also what do uh, they got for new gear? But new gear, we ta- I just Let's got talk a, about a box that PMAC dropped you off. Got a little packy? A little packy. Ooh. I secured the bag. Someone say it's. Uh, it looks like they're moving towards off mountain gear, which is pretty cool to see. And the gear's quality is amazing. What kind of gear are we talking? I got some uh, pair of shorts, a pair of pants, and. Uh, so it's really, it's all DWR materials, high-end and very comfortable. It's going to be my new daily drivers for sure. It's uh, come a long way, and I can't wait to see everything they do next.
2: Yeah, every everywhere collection, um, just kind of built for whatever you want to get into, like whether you're hiking, running, chilling, you know, throwing the sweats, watch some TV, I don't know, like a little bit of everything. But, yeah, it's been really cool to diversify. We have climbers now you know Lonnie Coke is like rocking with us now climbing in the gear we got mountain bikers so it's just like diversifying for the other times of the year as well and like you know remaining to our core roots in snow but like pushing out a little bit
1: awesome I'm trying to do less
0: less chill on the couch and more active stuff in (laughs) mind but let's go all right we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals and the products that they offer the first one we're gonna talk about is their apple cider vinegar gummies what's the deal with these things Jones well, I'm a candy addict, so these actually replace that for me, so I'm pretty stoked on it for that, and my gut feels pretty good afterwards as well. Perfect. Well, they also have their collagen, which we talk about all the time, and they also have MCT oil powder. What the hell is this stuff, Jones? I've been using that a little less, but it's coconut-based. Um, again,
1: really good gut health, kind of evens things out when you're eating all crazy, maybe some you know, crazy Mexican street burrito or something. Helps there. And then uh, mental focus in the day gives you a nice little brain bump.
0: Okay. I heard a little rumor that they're either offering hydration packs now or available soon. Any word about that?
1: There is word about that. I've heard about
0: them. I have not yet had them, but I'm super looking forward to it. Hydrate or die. I mean, come on, son. Perfect. Well, if you're interested in picking up some Bub's Naturals products, head on over to bubsnaturals.com and use promo code Bombhole one word, for 20% off your next purchase. All right, we're going to get into a guest question from none other than Jake Blavelt. Here we go. Whoa. Hey, P-Mac. Good morning, brother. Hey, uh, so my first question I've got for you is, uh, what's it like being the unofficial mayor of the most legendary ski resort known to mankind, Mount Baker? And also, what are your duties as mayor of Baker? And uh, my second question is uh, what the hell do you eat for breakfast to keep that stoke level so high? I got to get on that tip. Tell me. Love you, brother.
2: Can't wait to shred some pal next winter. Peace. Whoa, whoa. Big shout outs to Jake Blavel Dude, what does he eat for breakfast to keep that rail thin, perfect figure? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no. Uh... Yeah, I need to get some of that. <laughs> Dude, big big love to Jake Blava. What an amazing human! I'm so happy to call him such a good friend. Um, the mayor of Mount Baker thing, I that is a tough one because you know there's just so many like amazing people that have come from there, and like there's so many legends that are riding there still. Like I don't consider myself the mayor of Mount Baker. It's cool that like the industry likes to check in and say what up when they come to town, and like I love to ride there as much as possible, and like I appreciate that but i don't know if i'd ever lay that, those kind of claims i'm mostly like i'm just grateful for the time that i'm there and i'm gonna spend the rest of my life there ripping it up and and you know like what i like to hear is like good morning skiers and snowboarders this is gwen howitt with the mount baker ski report for february 23 we'd have 36 inches of snow overnight with 48 in the last 24." <laughs> <laughs> those are the kind of things like yeah just <clears throat> ripping it up and enjoying it with as many people as possible and sharing it and like you know i love that place and but there's been so many absolute beastly legends that have come before me from like craig kelly jeff fulton tex davenport jason Loeb, jason bassarus jamie lynn like just to name a few <laughs> But uh, there's so many insane people that have come through and like, you know, now, even nowadays, like if you, like a lot of people don't even know this, but the rider like list for like what Baker could be on any powder day, it's like, it's insane, dude. It's like, you know, Austin Sweet Mark Landvick, E-Jack, Hannah Beeman, Jake Blavelt, like. You know, the list just goes on and on, dude. Lex Creeper, like there's just stompers out there just sending it at all times. So it's like I don't consider myself the mayor of Mount Baker. That's really epic that that some people might say that. That's cool. But I definitely don't want to um, come off that way, you know. Just just a grateful person that's ripping it up and, and sharing my stoke. And for breakfast, we're going – sarge diner breakfast is what i like to hit them with and my wife gets all bummed because she doesn't because it's super good but it's not gonna be that good for you but it's like you know i like to throw down like hash browns eggs bacon toast three four cups of coffee and hit it you know you need i that heard energy up there. i heard that you make a giant pile and then
0: you reheat it when you get back from the, the mountain that that
2: has, that's happened before you're you're getting uh references to the skittle grill that at the uh cabin the cabin like i'll have to serve up food like once you become team manager if you're not an insanely good chef like you're blowing it because you got to feed these guys and they're like that's not gonna happen (laughs) if you don't throw it down so yeah no that's the stoke you know you got to keep the stoke going i mean that's all part of it i love but much much respect to jake blavell too what an absolute Mm -hmm. gem great father great rider like great method insane human. Great Kane.
0: Uh, so going back to what they just, what you're just talking about, I kind of want to paint a picture for the listeners that don't know, you know, every crew that knows PMAC in one way or another, when you go to bachelor, you're like kind of calling the mayor quote unquote, and you're saying, Hey, we're coming through. And you've always had this hospitable way, whether the crew is You know, myself and Scott Stevens coming through. You put us up, you know, or whether it's really anybody. There's so many people that speak that can speak on exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, where does the drive to be such a hospitable host of not only the mountain but also your personal space come from?
2: I mean, really, it's like that comes from just I love to share like knowledge and experience with people. Like rather than sometimes growing up, like, you saw, like, the guys, like, everybody kind of hides and shares stuff, and, like, I don't know. I just, like, I've had experiences in my life and and whatnot that just make me feel like sharing things with people is what it, where it's all about. And, like, you know, when you show up to another mountain, like, dude, people brought me in every place I went and treated me like royalty. So when people come around me, I do the exact same thing. And, like, and it's, like, dude, you – the, the energy that you put out into the universe is the energy that you get given in return like anybody that meets me like i give everything i have away and i give to every person along the way and i give to any organization and any outreach program and anything i can i constantly give and like dude i i don't like have to ever wonder if i'm gonna get anything in return because it just flows in like the river nooksack, <laughs> the salmon of the capital, <laughs> the nooksack. Yeah, but no, like it's so cool, and even in the last couple of years, it's really gone off off the rails with like you know like people like you know when Ika comes to town with the DC crew, people like rent the cabin, or like when the vans homies come through, they rented my cabin, and you know the. It's special, dude, to share it with everybody and to like, you know, I like to even like if they hit me up and they're wondering what jump to hit or whatever, like I'm not, you know, I don't like all this big secretive thing about the mountains, you know, like I want to be an open book, share with people like, and then it's like, you know, if you're that and it also, it's like in in another sense, like if you're that worried about like somebody maybe getting to something that you wanted to hit or whatever, get your ass up early and go get it <laughs> because that's what you got to do. Be the first one there. Exactly. Huh? Great
0: advice, great advice. Uh, I want to kind of pivot back to thunk. Pivot. Oh, whoa, whoa. yeah. While. Pivot's been Love pivot's it. been not in rotation. So filming for think think thunk. Uh, yes. it's, it's an underground, another cult classic. It's it doesn't. It's an unsung hero video, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you ended up with Ender in that, and we got to talk about a couple iconic things in there. First things first same as moment of truth you're you're snowboarding in a seattle seahawks jersey a ton hey we gotta say respect (laughs) slap some respect on that. big respect and then the other thing we got to talk about that's huge in that is the front five shifty the front five shifty was one of the things that for me on the east coast stuck out like we were studying it we were blown away by it that was what put you on the map for us as fans of snowboarding
2: oh thank you very much yeah like you know, filming for Thunk, anybody who's ever spent time around Jesse Bertner, you know, you get a certain level of motivation from that. He taught me a ton about like work ethic and how to like, you know, how to build jumps, like how to keep it going, how to grind, how to go out all the time. Thunk was very, very special. Like, I filmed that, that, uh, ender part and like front nine tail over hemispheres gap. Those, the shifty's, you know, what it was is like, I was getting invited each year to go to some of these larger events, like the trans world team challenge and these different things. So I was trying to develop tricks at Baker that I could take to those events that would like set me apart a little bit. And I remember like at the trans world uh, team challenge in uh North star, there was like a 75 foot table or something in the middle. And I did the big cork rewind over that. And everyone was like, what? Like they got pumped and, and I was just like, dude, I needed something, you know, like to because I wanted to be like right in the mix. But, you know, being from the Northwest, you're not exactly like training on park jumps. You know, it's like all backcountry based. But um, yeah, Thunk was really special. Like Thunk catapulted my my career and, and gave me the opportunity that you, the Thunk year. I also was my moment of truth year. Yeah. So it was like all that was like, you know, and riding in the Seahawks jersey. Why not? Like you're going to be sometimes you just get in the mode you're so sweaty and you're so hot like you don't need anything you know you're just like in the mode and i used to like to i've always put it on for the 206 and represented like seattle and and all that in the northwest pacific northwest for for life so, yeah, no, I love, I love that people still bring that up, the, the jersey ripping, dude. The dude, Baker so Lokes legendary.
1: Give you any uh, grief for rocking a jersey in such a crazy mountain?
2: Dude, I never worry about any grief that yeah. anybody's got for me. I am the grief. <laughs> well, <laughs> the grief. Speaking <laughs> of grief,
0: I just kind of want to go back to 2015. I'd like to go to the Super Bowl, where the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> played <laughs> the Taking New England the Patriots. Uh, there's about 20 seconds to go, and um, the Seahawks were down... 28-24 It was uh, there's twenty seconds to go. It was second and goal, so you still had two downs. And um, Russell Wilson decided to throw the football, uh, which resulted in interception. And the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl. Now, uh, how do you feel about that play?
2: <laughs> Hand the ball to Marshawn. <laughs> it was not that hard i would have drawn up i'd have drawn up three halfback draws up the middle i don't really want to get too deep into that but uh you wouldn't have gone no, dude, m- I or? <laughs> dude i know dude that was it was that was a tough one i'm not gonna lie that was a tough one we were looking forward to getting our second <laughs> ring in three years there Wow. But you know what, dude? You, you've had a lot of rings collecting over there in your uh, Patriot world. So Yeah, it's been fun. We're in a rebuild. It's
0: it's good to it's suck again. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been like the bandwagon. We just went
2: line. through. We just lost Russell Wilson to yeah, the Denver yeah. uh, Broncos. We're in some sort of rebuilding scenario. But you know what? Like, I'm a Pacific Northwest Seahawks fan for life. We've only been good those few, <laughs> few years, you know? So there's a lot of other years I was still a diehard fan, so... I'm still rocking with the Hawks, dude. Let's go. Let's go get it. Let's talk about that that hat you're wearing for the listeners.
0: Like, that thing is a, a hitter. Sh-
2: yeah, I got a whole – I'm really into, like, collecting uh, vintage Seahawks gear. I, get, I scour the earth for it. I've got, like, Jack – I've got – I've bought, like, Seahawks starter jackets in Paris, France. Wow. In, like, vintage stores and stuff. And I have, like – I have probably, like, got about 10 uh, starter jackets and – all sorts of hats. Like this, this shark's tooth one's pretty rare, but I love, I love my Hawks gear, dude. I'm always repping, dude. I got the ju- every Sunday. You can catch me with the wings in the oven and the Jersey on and the hat, dude. I get inspired <laughs> when I see, I get inspired when I wings see Gr- Grenier has got like the, uh, like, I love how he's got the, um, Tom Brady, like cut out and all that. And like, Dude, see, so I'll, I'll fully do the same thing. Like, I'll come and, like, I'll drape, like, three of my starter jackets, like, around the room, bring out the helmet, and then, like, you know, put the ring on. Get the, I got the sweatpants with the home grin, the like, ring, starter too. jacket with the hat. And, like, dude, it drives my wife insane. I bet. Like <laughs> but you know what, dude? Like, being a fan is being a fan, yeah. man. My my best buds from, uh, from high school, like, they all have season tickets and try to make it to a couple games a year and, you know. It's always, you know, being being a fan of sports, there's nothing wrong with that, dude. Sometimes snowboarders are like, dude, what do you, you know, like, be yourself, like I always say.
1: Do you guys ever paint your face, like, real fans? <laughs> the two I don't. I know. haven't. I get not
2: No. I paint the chicken wings. The hot <laughs> you sauce. You do?
1: <laughs> oh, with hot sauce. All
2: right. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I'd, I'd love to. Dude, come on up. We'll catch a game, man. I would love to eat well, some of his
1: wings anyway. The good oh, news man. is
0: also too, you gotta respect the Seahawks fan that's not a bandwagon. He's yeah. been he's been oh, yeah. uh a punching he's bag for a number of years and, days, and he's about days. to go into another another one of yeah, those
2: receptions. another punching
0: bag year.
1: So.
2: it's gonna be one of those years we're probably not gonna miss the powder days on Sunday <laughs> yeah. for a little while. I'm not gonna be too worried about double checking now that we got like Geno Smith throwing the rock and like it could be a little bit of a rebuilding time, but you never know, dude. Pete Carroll's got it on, on lock up there. DK Metcalf, do we Tyler want to, Lockett.
0: Do, right, uh, let's talk just real quick before we lose all
2: of our listeners. I yeah, got to ask, <laughs> right ask, ask, ask real
0: quick. Should I put DK Metcalf on my fantasy team Ooh. this year? Yes or no?
2: I think I would go for it. Really? Even, yeah, even dude, with Geno Smith throwing the rock, you still think he's going to do yards? Oh, he's going to be putting up big yards this year. Big yards. All right, we're going to get off
0: football before everybody exits the podcast here. (laughs) Um, We got a guest question from none other than Mike Yoshida. Here we go. What up, Bombhole? Yosh here. Got a couple questions for my buddy Pat McCarthy in the booth today. Super stoked to hear uh, that Pat's on. Um, My first question for Pat is explain to us what the Pat factor is. And my second question is: There's a jump that you hit in your part and get real that you do a double backflip on in Grandma's cornice. Um, and explain to us uh, how that jump session came about. Uh, you being the diplopat, and yeah, I just I just want to hear that story again because it's so insane. Um, yeah, stoked to hear your episode and uh, love you guys.
2: Peace. Love you too, Mike Yoshida, and let's get him the the one air horn that just goes off for like five seconds, because dude, Mike Yoshida, what an amazing human being! And the applause. Woo. Yeah, Yosh. I was actually, I was actually, good <laughs> I was actually telling Easton on the way today, um, how important, like, if without Mike Yoshida, probably no, Mac- no Pat McCarthy, you know, like goes hand in hand. He was a huge part of like my snowboarding. Cause in my like formative years, he was actually cooking breakfast for ski patrol at Mount Baker and he would get up at like four in the morning and he would cook them all breakfast before they would go out to do avalanche control. And then what I would do is he was living at the mountain he, that nobody can live at the mountain. Like, and there's no webcams, there's none of all this internet shit we got going on nowadays. And so he would like, he would just look out the window and like on his like razor flip phone, send me like an image of like the conditions and be like, get up here. And he's like, I want to learn how to be a photographer. I was like, I'm about to be a pro snowboarder. Let's go get this, you know? And like, we did it together. So much love the pat factor. I know what he's talking about there. And this is like, you know, not something that I'm always the most, uh, you know, hyped on, but I have a tendency to, uh, embellish, you know? Maybe if the jump was fifty feet, I might be like, "Oh, it was like a seventy-five footer," you know. <laughs> so that's the that's the pat factor. Like so, the pat factor. People like Yosh, that are like my best friends that I hang out with forever, they just dumb everything back a little bit, you know, because they know the pat factor's coming in. My wife's fully aware of the pat factor now, you know. She's just like, Ch-ch-ch. you know, you just put it back a little bit, and then and that's the reality of it. Um, just dial it back. The the second part, the diplo pat, and the. Uh, and that jump session with the double backflip. So I had wanted to get, go hit a certain jump and I'm like hiking out to the jump. And I had, uh, you know, Yoshi, maybe he was there, but Gary Milton was my, my filmer. It's really, and dude, big shout outs to Gary Milton. It's really hard sometimes when you want to go build a dope jump when you're just you and Gary. Gary's the kind of guy where you can actually get that done, dude. I am. Like me Shovel and Gary. Maniacs. We could probably she- build a booter together. Human front-end loader, basically. But so we come, we come over the knoll, dude, and this full-blown skier posse has my jump that I wanted to build. They're building it already. They beat me to it. It's totally, like, normal. But so I – I'm like, okay, cool, like I'm gonna look at another jump, maybe in the same zone. But like then I just thought to myself, I'm like, look, dude, I'm one rider. I got my dope filmer here. I knew the other filmer that was filming the skiers too. I was like, hey, like and so I go down and like the skiers are already just like, dude, beat it, man. Who what are you even doing over here? And I was like, Look, man, I'm gonna pitch pitch a little something to you guys. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say My filmer, Gary, is going to go over there and get another angle. We will transfer the footage in the parking lot. Your filmer go gets the secondary angle. And then you let me hit the jump with you. I'll hit it last. And then we all win because you get two angles. And that's a huge part of backcountry filming. And, uh, dude, at first they were so bummed. And then they were like, dude, he's kind of got a point, you know, like he's kind of, there's some diplomacy here. He's sort of. And so they were like, dude, fire it up. And I, uh, you know, I went, I watched them go and I was like, for one, skiers can build jumps with a little bit more pop than snowboarders. So then I was like, well, it's going to have to be a dub or I'm going to get broke off. So I just threw the dub, came right around, first try, stomp, and rode out to Gary, threw my goggles off, switched the footy in the parking lot, and called it good. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. One and done. Backcountry diplomacy. Diplopat.
0: Also, sidebar, I know the clip you're talking about, can we talk about the fact that that's also the world's widest jump ever? Oh, built?
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that it was a car 20. That
0: like, you could throw a tape measure 20 feet easy.
2: Yeah, it might have been 18 to 20 on that one. Uh, I I mean, there's a lot of guys, like, that I, I love to build a really good jump. You know, it makes it easier to go off. A wide set
0: jump, if you will.
2: That one was insane, but it was, like, also, like, one thing that I noticed that day is, like, snowboarders can drift a little bit more than skiers. Mm-hmm. So there was like more landings if I wanted to go for it, but it's all good. Big shout outs. Like, I think it was Jeff Thomas was the other filmer. He's filming Ski World, so it's a Those great skiers, story. the skiers, cr- were great. And like, dude, it just kind of goes to show. Like, it's don't get discouraged, and uh, I don't know, dude, don't be afraid to just like talk to people and just throw out some ideas. I had Big Gear with me too. Dude. Yeah, he's you, you guys know Big Gear. He's oh, he's in he wheeling deal for you. Him. Yeah, dude, we we got we we got it. Got to get Gary in the mix on this call.
0: Yeah.
1: Quick uh, sidebar, we have some prints that Mike Yoshida shot of you that are going to be available, bombhole.com, but also check out mikeyoshida.com for his prints. He's got a lot of cool photos. Again,
0: MikeYoshida.com, use Stony Buds' beard for 0% off. You actually pay (laughs) an extra
1: 20% and it comes back to us at the bomb hole. Sorry, Mike.
2: Yeah, dude, so much love, Mike Yoshida, dude. What a ledge. And, uh, dude, he's gone on to do so much amazing work in the snowboard world. And uh, he's just one of my best friends and has, you know, like I always say, I would have never got where I was going without working together, man. Like find yourself a good filmer and photographer, be friends with them and give them love and like, you know, pay it forward to them because if you're a snowboarder, you're going to need, you need all these allies dude to get where you're going. Well
0: said. Uh, we also just talked about, we talked about get real and that's a, that's a really fun, uh, talking point because we both were in that movie. Uh, and we got to film together and it was great. And, um, there's just a couple things that that we should we should talk about from that part because you had a, you had an incredible year that year you're just stomping everything. Um, we can go trick nerd stuff specifically. Uh, I want to start with the the back seven dumper.
2: Ooh, back seven dumper.
0: Put it in me, dump a
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, the back seven dumper. I that explain I explain what it is for the listeners too because not yeah, everyone knows is, what that is. Back seven dumper is a flat off the heels kind of backside three to like front flip back three is like how i like it's it's very hard i've i definitely seen david benedict do it back in the day like maybe watching a robot food movie and like and then bobby meeks and i talked about it one time and then that day dude it came around like straight up butter like one of the craziest things about that shot that hardly anybody knows too is if you slow it down the there's a branch hanging off the tree like 20 feet in the air it hits me in the back of the head (laughs) and then it just like and I don't know if that branch it just like sent me right to my feet and yeah that was a that was a special time I remember like I was filming in Whistler all that whole season pretty much with Mikey Rents and uh, Devin <laughs> Walsh and then Aero Nyamala. And, like, dude, that was just being with those guys was so legendary. And I remember, like, right before I left for that trip, Joko, you know, Joe Carlino, huge shout-outs. He showed me my timeline, and he's like, he's like, dude, if you can get, like, five more banger shots, you might have a shot to, like, oust you know, Jed Anderson for the closer or whatever. But, you know, dude, big shout outs to Jed Anderson. That guy's like one of my favorite rail riders. But, uh, but anyway, you know, so like after that, I was kind of like a man possessed dude. I was like trying so hard. And I remember like, I built a jump and I tried a bunch of double backside rodeo, ten eighties And I was like, I'm going to get this Ender and like, I'm going to get there. And you know, just like mini video parts do. And I'm sure Chris can attest to this. It doesn't always like 100% pan out the way you want. But but I was still really proud of that part, and uh, that was amazing, dude. I was so stoked on that week that I got to spend with you and uh, Scott Stevens, and, like, we, we had an amazing – you guys all got clips on those jumps too, dude, and you guys were great, dude, throwing it down. I remember – just watching Scott Stevens work on that trip, and he would, like, you know, he'd come out and he'd help you build the jump and whatever, and then he'd be like, I'm not hitting this thing, you know, and then he'd have, like, his own jump that he was all, like, or this other feature where he's going to do, like, a cab five-foot plan or whatever, and it was just, you know, it was awesome. I have a Patreon question. This is from none other
1: than Matt Winehouse. Oh, let's
2: give him an air horn. Oh, let's get Waynehouse a air horn, dude. Yes, well-deserved.
1: He asked, "Let's hear about the Artist Point Road Gap session filming for Get Real. Talk about that jump, the crew, and the hammer shot you walked away with."
2: Oh, the Artist Point Road Gap is a—it's a jump at Baker that gets pretty rarely hit. You know, like not very much. It's—it's super high speed and it's very big. It's like pretty much bigger than any of the other jumps I've hit at Baker for the most part. And uh, that day, I got the i i don't know if anyone else has ever hit it switch like got like a cab under flip on that uh that day and i just remember yeah i remember coming back from whistler and like knowing that it was like scott and chris were coming to link with me and i was like we need to hit some big stuff and really get it going and so those guys were so down and like that jump that i remember that day we left super early in the morning like i had the crew out there like 4 30 or 5 in the morning and we just like didn't even ride the chairlift it's side country but we like hiked all the way from the parking lot straight to the jump so that you could get the best light on it and dude those guys like yeah i'm sure chris remembers dude he flew off that thing dude, like i a, gotta say he flew off like well, a cannonball I hit, I
0: hit it too which i think i tried to back one 80 i don't remember but the one thing i do remember is this is super important to the story this jump is massive and <laughs> i'm a snot nose shithead kid from yeah. east coast that like doesn't even know how to catch air and so i'm with p mac and we're all building this wedge and the day before at some point and at this point i think p mac had been he was like hammering five hour energies on a regular basis <laughs> so, oh yeah so dude, he, the every three hours of the five hours are going down <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and, and at one point we're all shoveling it's kind of quiet and he just goes all right. And we're like, whoa, what's going on? Like, he's, he's doing like a big PSA, you know? We're like, what's happening right now? He's like, I'm going first. I'm going to go first. And we're like, we like, it was some huge relief. But uh, do you remember that?
2: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Like, you know, sometimes, I mean, that's all like every Rider. Like, usually, you know, the legit way you got to play Rochambeau, dude. Because, like, you know, especially now I'm, I'm in my older age, like, I actually love the Rochambeau because like you just you leave it up to to fate Fate but like a lot of the time dude when i was those were like prime time years so dude i was firing on all cylinders and i used to love to guinea pig the jump for everybody it was like kind of like my thing like people always bring that up to me like i just love to like i love that feeling of like you have no idea if it's gonna work and you just want to come in mad hot and just blast one you know for the homies and so, yeah, that was that was really crazy, man. I was <laughs> hyped that you hit it. I remember like Sammy Lubke. We got to give him a little shot because yep. he was yeah. with us too. And uh, thing was terrifying. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, is, I was going to say, he must was, have been scared, huh? It was,
0: it was like yeah, uh, you were going as fast as your snowboard could take yeah, you. Yeah, just flying. You Go on. to the, like
2: the top, and you are mocking so hard. That's why, like that day, like I went, I went front three, then I tried a few front sevens, and then I remember I was just like there's never going to be another time in my life when I'm going to hit this thing switch. So I'm just going to just try drop in full steam and just try it one time. And I remember just popping off switch like that, like terrifies me sitting here right now The all the thinking about coming in on that hog. Cause it's like they there's a big wind lip right where the landing starts that you can pack into. And I've Ooh. seen people blow their knees out on that one and whatnot. So yeah, that was sick, man. I remember, I don't, think scott hit that one with us i he I did it maybe you went did.
1: back one on it
2: I didn't even come close. I like, I just
1: that
0: yeah. sounds scary. I, I feel like Dude, such he a boosted big it off. Of boosted. It. Yeah. I remember hitting it, but I don't remember. I don't remember like, anything.
2: I'm else gonna ride that. away from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, I think that'll do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hit it. We're good. <laughs> We're good here. <laughs> yeah. We're good. At least I hit it. Can yeah, I think
2: rarely even gets hit nowadays. It's like kind of like a certain time of the year right in there in March where you can get a little run at it and try it. I'd like to see some more people send that one. I'd like to see some more. Uh, like, I saw Torstein kind of in that area. He got a really cool shot in his last little videos. Sick.
0: I like uh, talking about this, you know, the fact of being on top of the jump, deciding who's going first, Rochambeauing. And I'm curious, let's say you're on a step down. It's a jacker. You're going first. What's your go-to, I'm going to make this, like, moneymaker maker. In the back.
2: Country. If you're going step down, then I'm probably cab five has always been a good one. But obviously, for me, front three is like a safety, a safety trick. But cab cab five is a good one for like a nice step down because I can do that one going like no mile an hour. You know that's sort of like you kind of got to pick your tricks that way. I like I like backside one eighties cab threes. Like you know, I think cab sevens are are really sick on step downs too. If you got that one,
0: cab sevens like the tech. Yeah, backcountry uh, jump trick I feel like
2: yeah definitely like I remember that day that you were talking about the dumper trick first hit on that jump I did the cab seven and that was that was my opener shot and that get real part and uh I I, I was in Whistler there's this famous jump in uh the Pemberton backcountry that uh you know like I mean Ika Backstrom like Chris Duffesee back 180'd it there's all these so I was up there, and I built that jump, and Arrow and Mikey were like, oh, dude, that's your jump today, you know? And I was like, well, I'm going to do a cab seven. It's into a chute in between these rocks, and I tried, like, five, and I got so close to cab 70, and it would have been the first time somebody had got a cab seven on it, so I was just fired up. And I left the day, and I didn't get it. But I got other bangers that day, so it wasn't, like, that big a deal. But when I went home, first jump with you guys, I was just like, well, I know what trick's going down ft." and just cab seven at first and like you know you have like sometimes people don't know this but you have all these things going on in your head dude as a pro snowboarder that you're like it's like a mad scientist full of equations and and thoughts and process of how your video like i was a straight up nerd back you know i'd be like i have my like my notepad in my truck and i'd be like writing down the tricks i landed who filmed it where it was and like i'd have like a system you know going like and you know kind of Going against my whole theory of like do whatever you want But that was like when I was honing it in a little more And yeah, I'd I'd fully like have like lists going of like what I wanted and how I wanted it to look and Try super hard, you know, because like dude You got to give everything that you're doing like a hundred percent, you know, it's so important to like Think about it and and give things like, you know, everything you've got
0: Do you think that the lists like writing down the tricks that you wanted to do helped your career?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it did for like you know, just not going out every day and just chucking car. You know, like you gotta have a battle plan. You know, like have a battle. Like and, you know, I am sure you knew like what kinked rail you wanted to switch back lip and like what two seventy you were hyped on. And then when you got out in the back country, you've all you have like a mean like switchback roadie, so you know you are looking for that jump for that and like how you are gonna piece it all together. You know, because you want to put out dope video parts for. I mean. I'm a backcountry rider. So, like, I competed a little bit growing up and whatnot, but coming from the Northwest, it wasn't like I was going to be like a pipe rider. I was like, I was going to film video parts, you know, and watching people growing up, video parts was like the measure of everybody's, you know, thing. So, I just like knowing that I could film like parts that could get people hyped and turn it up. That's what it was about for me.
0: Well, you know what it's time for then. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Name that video part is presented by the Icon Pass. Our season of fun is fast approaching with access to 50 destinations worldwide. Get yourself an Icon Pass. From East
1: Coast to West, across Canada to the European Alps, Japan, and beyond, the language barrier has just been broken. Turn up the fun factor. The Icon Pass welcomes three new legendary destinations. We're talking about Chamonix, France, Sun
0: Valley, Idaho, and Snow Basin in Utah, Chris. Additionally, New pass options have been added to the mix, starting at only $269 for an adult. The Icon Pass Session 2-Day and the Icon Pass Session 3-Day offer a range of affordable entry points. It's time to bring back the stoke and get ready to let the joy out with an Icon Pass in hand across 50 of the best mountains in the world. Head on over to IconPass.com. Now, let's get into Name That Video Part. Uh, PMAC, how is your confidence level zero through 10?
2: Um, it would just, it just really depends on the era, you know, like I'm, I was diving into the videos tough though. I don't know, man. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with 7.5. I'm, I'm going to go with 10.
1: That means he's got a, just a big beatball ball tossed I mean, up. He gave, Yeah. Or I'm throwing just, a beach ball in yeah, We're throwing a beach ball at him. This is a like beach ball sized meatball.
0: This is like when Tim Wakefield throws a knuckler but there's no movement. It's just like a basically a he like This a, is not fair. <laughs> Here we go.
2: Oh baby, you got it. That's that's Aaron Bittner, Moment of Truth, and that is uh Jay Quan on the vocals. That's
0: a great did you know that, bud? I knew
2: that. Dude, when I, I
1: watched that video, I don't part, edit that movie.
2: Yeah, when I went in the booth with Cole Taylor and E. Stone, and I saw that he's like, You want to watch Aaron Bittner's part? And I should have said no, but <laughs> I sat down and watched it. Big props Aaron Bittner dude. He was like the rails he was hitting, he literally went to 711, got one slushy for the top and one slushy for the bottom, yeah. dude. And he and was so And I probably down. drank one of those slushies yep. too, so he was working
1: with one slushy.
2: It's a new improved hood hop. Yeah,
0: great song. Now Yeah, that want? was hammer. You got yourself a Yeti carry-all. Let's go. I packed this thing what? up. This thing is that one's looking good. Deep right now. You might be uh, overweight baggage claim on the way yeah. home with this thing. So you got uh, a Yeti carryall inside there. You also got Bombhole Smelling Salts, all kinds of stuff available at Bombhole.com. Specifically, we got to talk about. There's a Slow Tide towel in there, very nice. Uh, that's, that's branded Bombhole and a Slow Tide beach blanket, which is also branded Bombhole, available Boom. at Bombhole.com. A couple cool things about Slow Tide. Uh, Dario, the founder, is from snowboarding. He grew up riding Mount Seymour. Ended up working over at Quicksilver D.C. doing marketing, and now he does Slow Tide Towels. They got all kinds of cool collaborations with the snow and skate industry, like 917 Skateboards has a blanket and a towel, bald face. Uh, they also got some bands too, right, buds? Wu-Tang Clan. Yep. Woof. They got Grateful Dead. Wow. So if you're interested in picking up some stuff from Slow Tide, head on over to slowtide.co. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for I can't believe 15 or 20,
1: 20, 20% off 20. We're going 20 on. Um. Yeah. We're
0: going 20. Save yourself some money. Use promo code BOMHole. All right. Let's dive back into it here. PMAC, AKA Sarge, AKA Salt Lake Sarge. Uh, <laughs> so you had some good years filming for people. Let's talk about those.
2: Yeah. People crew was, was some really special times. Um, basically after the moment of truth part and after the thunk part had all come out, Um, things were really moving in a good direction, you know, and, and people were hitting me up to film with them. Uh, probably big shout outs to my liaison to that whole group was Sean McKay, big shout outs to Sean McKay. He's not on the Insta or on any of those things, but he was a huge part of that. And, uh, he invited me to become part of the people crew, which at that time, actually, I gotta be real. It was, uh, Neo Proto so i filmed for the very last neo proto movie it was called some kind of life great video and uh that was the first year i met like austin smith was like this new kid on the block that was just mind melter and then uh like brian fox was in the crew and it was pierre minhondo who's just like he's just an amazing artist and filmmaker and like just i got so much love and respect for pierre Menhondo and then he had like Corey kaniniak and uh there was also like gabe larue was all part of that and those were some amazing years it was a th- it was three years in a row that i worked with those guys and we just had a really tight knit group, you know, we weren't really bringing a ton of new people on each time. And we were like, sort of like a little, a little click, you know, and everybody like worked really well together. And yeah, those were like some sacred times, like filming for all three of those movies. And I would just like pile my snowmobile on with Sean McKay and like, just rip it with him, you know, like, and he was kind of like my ride or die with, with that whole group. And and i love those those were just like some really formative years and like we spent a ton of time in the whistler backcountry snowmobiling and learning and you know that was a big thing like you know what everyone would always tell me in the snowboard industry is they're like you got to leave washington to like really go go pro and i was always very against that i was like you know like i agree with you but i'm going to i'm also going to remain with my roots like i love riding baker i love what i got going on here So I'm going to stack some of my clips here, but then like, yeah, dude, I'll get on the road. I'll go to Colorado. I'll go to like Utah. We'd go up to Logan and snowmobile and film there. We would go to Tahoe and we'd like ride with like Robbie Cell and like Steven Duke and the boys out there. And we just formed like a really cool bond and really fun relationships. I would always go like down and hang out with everybody in the summer times in Oceanside and like, flounder around and sink in the ocean and uh (laughs) but then go and visit the magazines and like you know kind of like you know it's like a big it's like a big uh like kind of game that you play when you're like a pro snowboarder you know you gotta like go and show face and like you know making those connections and those like lifelong like friendships and the experiences that you get from that are huge and I always tell riders, like if you're super comfortable, like in your little crew or click, like that's super rad. And like, you love that, you know, like you grew up with like Scott Stevens and Chris Beresford but in order to like boost where you need to get off, like, and like go to that next level, like you got to like make yourself uncomfortable. You got to put yourself in uncomfortable scenarios. Like I didn't know, like, if I was going to jive with Neo Proto and the people guys, but like once I like got in with the crew and you go and you put in your work and you, you give it everything you've got and you farm your relationships and like, you know, the more times in my life that I've put myself out there and been around new people and been around fresh faces, like I rose to the occasion and I like snowboarded the way that I wanted to, you know? So yeah, the being part of the people grew, like, I just loved the... Oh, dude, I'm leaving a huge name out, too. Big shout-out to Justin Eels, dude. He was, like, one of the main guys. I, I don't know why that slipped, because he was always the one that I would roll with most most of the time anyway. And, like, I never did any... After the Tech 9 movie, I, like, I took this bail, like, on a rail, and I just basically, like, I took, like, all my boards that weren't 161s, and I just threw them all away. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I ain't doing, I ain't, now that I don't have to, like, do that to get to the next level, I'm not going to do that, you know? Like, I'm backcountry, Sarge, like, that's how we're going from now on, and, like, I just, like, I, I sailed that ship that day, like, it was, like, a 36 stair triple kink, and I just, like, ate hip on concrete and was, Ouch. like, dude, my, my whole butt was black, and I was, like, dude, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do that, and it's not part of, like, the type of rider I am, so that was the... That was it for that, but um, and then those guys were still like crushing it with the rails. I remember like Nemo was dope. Like, mm-hmm. like got to do some dope shows with him, and like we'd have like Louis Fountain out with us, and he'd be sharing knowledge. And like we have synced up with like Bobby Meeks, and like a lot of like the older guys were giving us love, and and uh, we were all working together as a really cool unit, and like just really proud of like Austin Smith and like all the, you know, Brian Fox and those guys that have gone on to like do a lot of other really amazing things after that too. And, but yeah, it was all Sean McKay that really like, you know, did that. And like, so, you know, just like I was saying how important it is to be uncomfortable. You know, like that is like such a huge part of like being a pro snowboarder. And that's what happened is like three years into the people. I was like, man, I could just rock with the people crew forever. Just like people did that with like absinthe and stuff. And they're like, oh, dude, I'm the absinthe crew, like Nicholas Mueller, blah, blah, blah. Like, just keep going, keep, keep putting it out. But like, that was the reason that I actually called Joe Carlino. is after the third year of people, I was like, I could just keep rocking and doing exactly what we're doing and it's working and I'm and we're all like making money and we're doing our thing and, and we're having this, this sick life. But I don't know. I was kind of longing personally. Like I had heard wind that like Transworld was doing these movies where they just scrapped all 15 riders every year. And they're like, those guys are dust, new crew, dust, new crew. And like to me, I was like, damn, that sounds like so crazy to just be like with 15 new dudes and, and get a chance to like meet them. And like, you know, I remember like my first trips, like with Mikey rents just being like rad, you know, like I'm getting gonna go up and like learn from this guy, you know, and like, and just share the same experiences. And, and that was like where I learned a lot about like, you know, selflessness, you know, and like being like, dude, like wanting to, to see the other guys, like just as just as much as me, you know? So, yeah, I mean, People was huge, and those those years were insane. Pierre Minondo is, like, a mastermind editor. Like, I love what he did. I don't know if you guys tuned into, like, much of that, like, Adidas stuff, but, like, he always he always had just, like, an amazing vision, you know, and, like, Corey Kineniak went on to do, like, a lot of crazy stuff, too. And I actually bumped in, like, not this summer, but last summer to Gabe LaRue. He was, like, working for Burton, and we got to, like, kind of catch up and – Eels is down there in Bend, and he's crushing it with, like, Ben Ferg and some of those guys filming still. And, like, dude, just people with, like, longevity and passion. Like, I'm sure that Justin Eels just loves, like, the smell of two-stroke in the morning still, you know, just, like, <laughs> any day and getting his stuff all ready to go. And, like, people that are just, like, you know, dedicated lifers, you know. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. It's, like, if I wasn't the team manager for 686, if I wasn't in the snowboard industry, If I didn't have all that path, like you still gonna catch me like in the lift line, you know, like I'm gonna still ride sixty to a hundred days a year and like that's just what I am. Like that's what makes me happy, that's what brings me joy. Like I still wanna snowboard all the time, every time I can, and share with as many people as possible and like you know, you still like I still wanna get hammers too. You know? Love it. I don't really wanna just get some mediocre you know, I still be psyched to like get a banger that like makes people get hyped. You know, it's and as you get older, they they become more fleeting. You know, They're it still feels to good though. It still feels good. It does, dude. There's nothing feeling like that when you get this trick and like the like the photographers hyped and the filmer and like you know that that's that camaraderie and that whole thing that we all like like probably take the most from being pro snowboarders.
0: Well. Man, there's a lot that you just said there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of impactful words. And there's a couple things I kind of want to rewind and, and go over as you're you're kind of dropping knowledge. And it got me thinking as you were talking, you know, the, the life skills that snowboarding teaches you that translates into the real world is pretty amazing. Because if you think about take artist point gap, take Baker road gap, take putting yourself, as you said, in uncomfortable positions, right? You make a pattern of getting outside your comfort zone, which is essentially like doing things that you don't want to do, doing things that are uncomfortable. So if you can make yourself jump on a kink rail when it's negative five and try some terrifying trick or fly off the artist's point road gap or gap jump and make yourself do that, well then you can also make yourself do that in the business world. You can make yourself, you can apply those skills in, in real life too, that, that pattern of doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. I think there's a lot of good lessons from snowboarding.
2: Yeah. You can, you take those into like the business world. Like you might have a house and like, you might not even have that much money, but you figure out a way to like leverage your equity away and like take that money over and like, and buy another house and you might be stretched out and crazy. But like, that's like you got one life to live. Like sometimes you need to push yourself. And like, I always like, I don't know why it just keeps coming back to the uncomfortableness, but like whenever I'm uncomfortable, that's when I rise, you know, like whenever I don't feel like the perfect scenario or like I have all the perfect people around me, you know, like when I, when it's new and it's fresh, when, when you're just like, trying to adapt, you know, that's, like, humanity to me, you know, like, that's, like, what we need as humans to, like, just kill it, you know, like, there's no sense, and just always just, like, and, you know, there's, I'm not saying that it's wrong that, like, you know, you see certain riders, and they're always with that one homie, you know, or whatever, you know, like, you see, like, J.P. Walker and Jeremy Jones, like, that's a dynamic duo, you know, like, those guys murdered it, like, and nobody could, could stress, but, like, you know, just new people like fresh blood, new things like, you know, like I'm sure all those dust box kids, like if they like, you know, mix it up and go on and do other things, they're all going to succeed. And like, you know, that uncomfortableness is something I think people should like, you know, lean into a little bit more.
0: And there's, there's something that's really cool of all those things you're describing of you're basically, you know, become a diplomat, I'd say of the sport, especially of the Northwest and particularly Baker. So, I want to talk about how you were uh, crowned or gifted or you, you achieved the Craig Kelly Lifetime Achievement Award and what that meant to you.
2: Oh, that was heavy. That was, um, you know, that's in where I'm from. That's, that's just kind of like the biggest thing that can happen, you know. So Jeff Galbraith hit me up from it and it was just it hit me like a ton of bricks when he told me and just it's just a special thing because it's kind of like being recognized by the people that you appreciate the most you know like and and just being able to like yeah just I just look at it like it's it's a it it added to that element of diplomacy you know and like it made me feel like I want to make people feel welcome and make people feel comfortable and like and bring people into like this magical place and yeah, it was, it's very, it was a very special thing. And like, I am I was honored and like to get up in front of everybody that's there to race and stuff. And I was like, the first thing, like, I didn't even think about what I was going to say. But the funny thing is, is like, when it comes to racing, <laughs> I'm mad slow. Like <laughs> I was Like, I don't know what it is. Like, if you race me around a track, if you do anything with me racing, like, you're smoking me. I'm going to just tell you that right now. But it's like. So the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, this is the only way I'm going to get one of these jackets. <laughs> like, it was just, like, so funny that way. But, you know, like... Can you tell
1: the listeners what the
2: award is and what
1: you got to do to get it? And-
0: yeah. You can pull up
2: the jacket, I too. got the jacket here I brought... Um, You know, Jeff Galbraith, Mike Olson, the Cummins family, the Howitz, um, Dan Donnelly, Carter Turk, um, Jamie Lynn, the Dabari family, Tex Davenport, John Logic, owner of Snowboard Connection, Jason Bassrich, Kelly Joe. So they're just like... Those are all the other people that won. Those are all the, the past winners, you know, so... Um, and it's given away at the uh it's given away at the Mount Baker Baker Bank Sloan. and it's like uh they call it the Thunderbird award and there's like a little trophy when you first walk in at Baker and it's for sure an honor I was my mind's blown like to get that at at the age that I did and like you know it's just a testament that people are paying attention to what I'm got like I like to consider myself like a boots on ground warrior, you know, like I'm in the field, I'm with the boys, I'm learning, I'm like te- or I'm teaching everything that I've learned. I'm like, I don't try to boss anyone around, but I just want to share like some of the knowledge that I have. And, and uh, for me it was, it was probably up there in like the top, like one or two things that I accomplished because it's more like being recognized by the community, you know, and it's not something that I did an amazing trick or I like, the fastest or won the race Yeah. <laughs> what year did
1: you get it um it
2: was in uh 2020 woo yeah that's recent And you know since like covid like we haven't been able to have the race and everything so current yes yeah, still holding kind of still holding but you know i'm sure that they're they're chomping at the bit to pass the torch yeah you know, and so that's there, huge. there'll be another person that that will get it i'm sure they'll feel like you know the same way that i did and like you know all those other people like the howitz and you know bass and jamie lynn like those are like my heroes you know so it's like
1: yeah the cummings it's
2: an amazing list yeah right dude there. for sure they're they're all like they all had a special place in in the community of pacific northwest and in that region in general and so it's like it's been been quite an honor to have that as as part of my life and like you know every day when you walk in the mount baker lodge it's there and like people see it and like it's this beautiful like hand-carved thunderbird and there's like the names are all etched on there and it's like it's like the stanley cup yeah <laughs> it is 100 percent northwest yeah but no it's yeah su- super special uh yeah thankful for for Galbraith and the howitz and and everybody you know like it's a it's amazing that that i was able to like move up there and like to be embraced by that community and to like see all the other people that have come from there and Everybody's still charging the mountain, you know, like ripping it in their own way. And you know, you
0: know what's really cool too. Is it, it embodies everything you just talked about about being a good person and and just showing people around and and being hospitable and just treating everybody with respect. All these things you keep hammering on. And the Craig Kelly Award, the one thing that sticks out is, you know, he he was. Admired people that did it for the love of the sport, not the people that were the best. From what I understand, you yeah, know, he's a true snowboarder whether the cameras are on or cameras are off. Yeah, and I love how you said like doesn't matter if I'm working in the industry, I'm still doing sixty to a hundred days a year. And I think that that's it. Also embodies you know
2: that as well. It's like a true snowboarder, snowboarder. Yeah, wife permitting,
1: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm that number for sixty to hundred.
2: <laughs> no, dude, and it's like ever since I got that, like. You know, the one thing I always, like, you know, I'm always reflecting on life and, and stuff internally, and one, one thing that I thought is, like, if I'm ever riding around the resort and I see somebody kind of floundering or if I see somebody riding alone or whatever, like, take some time out of your day to, like, make a few laughs with them, show them something cool, like, and, and impress them or show, you know, snowboard with them and be, like, self, like, don't don't make it be this, like, super sacred little community. It's like share it with like rad people. Like they don't know that like you did all that or any of that. Like just I I remember this last year I met this kid and he's like, all my friends ditch me. I'm just riding solo and I was like, shit, I'm kind of riding solo too. I was like, want to ride together and like we were making the run. We we're like halfway down. He's like, dude, you're like insane. <laughs> like, <he's laughs> like, what is kind of <laughs> snowboarding have you done? Like he was just like <laughs> flying off. He, he's like, Yeah, I'm the best out of my crew. And then I was like, "Yeah, is this fun to like? It's just fun to show them that other a glimpse into yeah, the world share, that you've lived." Yeah, just share a little bit of uh of it, and like I kind of feel like that's like my due due diligence from like the Craig Kelly Award is like is to be that kind of ambassador and to like share those kind of moments with people and uh and to just be like more of an open book, you know, and like I love like. When I'm riding Baker, like you'll notice, like people are always like, "Ah, Sarge, Sarge, what's up, Sarge?" Like lots of Daps in the in the lift lines and like yelling at me and like all that kind of stuff. And I think that's rad, you know. Like I, I don't think we need to be like all closed up up about it and all blacked out with our b- black ball of clavas on, you know. Like share shit with a smile, you know. Like and, hit him with she- a couple of hees, yeah. Get the get the energy popping.
1: That's cool that you'll just see someone on the side of the slope and say, come on, let's take some runs. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, need to do that more.
2: That's like a pretty good segue over to my – I was was telling Chris a little bit about this, but, like, so when I met my wife, we were – like, I was up at Mount Baker for closing day with all my boys, and we're all riding around, and I see this just, like, beautiful brunette. I'm just, like, smoke show at Baker. You're like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) And I ripped over to her, and, like, we were – we might have had like a mutual friends and stuff too and then you know we're connecting and i remember i was giving her some like little pointers and lessons and she had like a visor beanie on like cocked off to the side and like you know she's just trying to cruise and then like one time she like fell over and i was just like dude this chick is so beautiful like i just went like i was gonna help her back up and i just went down and kissed her Wow. And like, I was just like, dude, I'm either getting slapped or it's on. And then it was just like, dude, it, it was funny, one of those funny moments where you just get the payday. You mm-hmm. know, like, that's out incredible. Of nowhere. And then uh, after that, we. we that was sh- your first time meeting her? Yep. This guy's, we, guy's
1: got some game out there on the slopes.
0: <laughs> did you hit him with the back seven dumper? Did you see that? Or yeah,
1: what are you
2: dude. She had already seen all the video parts.
1: <laughs> Before you leaned in for the kiss, did you go, hee?
0: <laughs> you go, hee. <laughs> I don't know if that's... In. I wouldn't
2: condone. Maybe I don't afterwards. Know if, yeah, I don't know if that's Maybe it is a mating call. No, all right. it, 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 we're back to that mating call thing. But no... <laughs> Yeah, that was it, man. It's, I got like you know met her from that, and that became my wife. That one little moment, dude, up there. So, what if I would have just helped her up? Yeah. What happens then? You, you might be no single idea, right now. You t- now and now so, you're a dad. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. Oh man, like yeah. So I have a daughter. She is now um, she is six years old. Uh, she's in first grade, going into first grade. Rowan Bailey McCarthy. She's tackled every chairlift at Mount Baker already at six years old. Impressive. Yeah. I got her to go, like, I took her up chair one, and she's like, Daddy, is this the same place? <laughs> like, because it's just all intimidating, kind of looking. And she hit the uh, road gap yet? Uh, not yet. Not but yet. We'll We're working going. on that. Maybe next <laughs> we'll year. We'll get that going. <laughs> Maybe next no, year. You know, it's cool. Like, it kind of makes you realize, like, it's like such a full circle moment having kids. And, like, you know, it'll be like a perfect powder day, bluebird with, like, 14 inches of new, and I'll be over on chair two, like, cycling cat track with my daughter, and, like, that's what I chose that day, you know, and, like, we're gonna have fun no matter what, and, like, I'd even, like, a few times, like, I'll take her over to the cat track app to watch, like, one of the pros fly over the top of her, and then, like, you know, some days she just wants to build a snowman, or, like, you know, she wants to go, like, play with her friends, or do ballet, or, like, whatever, like, you find out when you're a dad, like, it ain't about you anymore, you know, and it's like you got to do what they got to what they want to do, you know, and it's like that's a cool balance. Like, you know, you could see that in one or two ways. You can get all this FOMO, which is completely pointless, or you can just embrace it and and uh, and make it fun for her. And, you know, I always make sure to get her a slice of pizza or like a burger. She'll just be like taking the burger down, just drop the whole thing on like her chest. <laughs> But no, she's she loves it. She loves coming up at the mountain, and as long as it it's got to be, you got to pick the right day as a parent. You know, like you don't want to snowboard on in like a squall. You know, like that's a good day to go up with the boys, dude. When it's forty inches of new and it's snowing sideways, like go get it, like go hammer out some laps and drop some pillows and push yourself a little bit. But like you know, when when my whenever my daughter and wife want to go snowboarding. I will drop everything to go with them and like and to let them share the experience with me because they know how much it means to me and they, they love me too. So it's like I wanna I wanna give that give that same thing back. And it's like, you know, growing up, my parents, they weren't like some crazy mountain warriors like Johan and uh, you know, Johan from Capita, where he's like always up there ripping <laughs> with them, you know, and sharing and sharing that experience. Like my parents, they would take me to Whistler They would help facilitate my snowboarding. They would help me get my passes. They would, like, you know, do little things, help me push it. But they weren't trying to come up to the mountain, you know, 20, 30 days a year. I was trying to go every chance I got. So, you know, it kind of made me realize, like, it doesn't, you know, always have to be, like, that they're – that's what they want. It's, like, you find that for yourself, you know. and Like, just, like, right now, like, my daughter – She'd probably rather go to ballet or, like, play the piano or something with grandma than, like, go riding with me. But the days that she will commit, dude, I'm giving – dude, she's getting some insane lessons from Sarge. Like, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, like, holding – I'm really getting her going, and, like, it's cool. And, like, you know, Bethany, too, like, she, she hit willow shoot and stuff at Baker. She's – she's pushed, like, you know, gotten better at snowboarding. And then she, she got like more real, you know, you get married, like time goes on. She was like, you know, I'd rather work on my woodworking projects and go riding with you. And like, you know, that's those little jabs. You don't take them like that anymore. You're like, cool. Like, yeah, that's fuck. Let that's her rad. enjoy like, yourself, right? You go do what I want. Everyone just do what makes them happy. You know, I'm not trying to force my, my like passion, you know, like that's something that worked out for me and like it's something that like it's still so, so weird to me sometimes that i still have like the same amount of passion that i do to go to the mountain like it's a it's a drive if you've ever been to baker you know it's an hour from my house or hour and 15 and it's like but i love that take
0: element. us take us through what an average I mean, day, day in at in baker life. looks like
2: okay day in, day, of day, in li- day in life is sarge and so, how many he give us like fill yeah. us in
0: when there's a he getting thrown. You know,
2: it's like so funny is like there's all these like gnarly core riders at Baker and they're always like, I'm never the dude like right up in the front of the lift line. And let me explain to y'all why, <laughs> because I get up in the morning and then I cook breakfast for my daughter and then I get her stuff all situated and I drive her over to grandma and grandpa's house, drop her off you can't do that at six in the morning. You got to do that when she's ready to do that at Mm -hmm. like eight in the morning. And so then I drop her off and, uh, and then I go and pick up my boy, Brad Andrew. He's like the main photographer up there. He needs an air horn, massive air horn. That dude, that dude's off the hook. And uh, I, I pick up Brad and we just banter, up a storm all the way to the mountain and then he he loves shooting photos and uh, we go, we go just ride and like, you know, ride some lines we like try to maybe find a feature to go like shoot in the afternoon or something and, and just like make the most of it. You know, some days the storm's rolling in some days it's, it, it clears up. So you just kind of like take what mother nature gives you, you know, that's like what it's all about and then come back and <laughs> And uh, drop him off and go grab my little girl and, and then go home. Those are, like, the days, like, when my wife's working or whatever. If she's home, it's all good. She'll, she'll chill with Rowie or whatever. Or, like, yeah, or on the off chance that I can motivate the whole squad to come up, we'll go hit that. But nine times out of ten, I just go grab Brad Andrew. He's, like, he's kind of my ride-or-die, like, shredder that I hit it up with. And, like, he's a he's a really good snowboarder and a really good photographer. He's, like, the main photographer for Baker now pretty much so you know just having that together and sharing that and like we sync up with all sorts of locals and and shoot whatever and like he works for 6862 so we'll shoot some of that stuff together as well and like you know do like uh, I always like I was telling Stone about this like I like to ride almost every day like with a photographer you know it's just part of my life it's like such a huge part like I don't really want to bust a bus of fat thing if I'm not going to get a clip, you know, like, <laughs> this guy's chasing a dragon. Yeah, dude, I'm chasing the dragon for sure. But, <laughs> so that's kind of the, the gist of like what a day looks like, you know, go up there, rip it up and come back and get ready to do it all over again. But like, you know, like there's so many process of the day of snowboarding that I actually find enjoyment from, like from the night before I love to like wax my board, like make it money know hit the one ball J station in the back get it all cleaned up and then like get all my stuff packed and like you know get the car ready and then like those little pickups along the way and like you know just the the whole all those little elements as the day goes on like that's like those i find happiness in each one of those you know and like that's that's kind of what makes it special
1: gotta enjoy the process.
2: Yeah, each each little side. Like, I'm sure, like, you gotta make sure your batteries are charged. Oh, yeah. So you don't forget. Night before, you know, you gotta have everything plugged <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah, I always feel for the photographers with all that. They gotta make sure they get all the shots from the day before. Like, yeah, you gotta empty and... your
1: cards.
0: Yeah, but filmers. Always on yeah. that.
1: Filmers have it the hardest, though, because it takes a bigger file, you know? So the oh, filmers yeah. can't have anything not downloaded, and they gotta stay up all late and oh, get no. it done. And, a lot of them have two, three cameras that they're using.
2: Oh, and then the edit needs to drop, like, within 12 hours. Yeah, these like, days. Geez, it gets so ugly out there for But people, You got to
1: enjoy the process. Just, you do. It's all enjoyable, the ride up the music.
2: Yeah, exactly, dude. You got to have the rad tunes bumping and just, like, yeah, like... Yeah, you might not catch me in the very front of that one line, but like I had a f- process. People, like,
1: people give you shit because no, you're no, not, not up there. really. <laughs> I just,
2: I just see them all up there, and they get those first little runs down. And like, you missed out. You bro. ain't trying to go where I'm going anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Hey,
0: buds, we got a Patreon question from Jake Oe.
1: Yes, we do. What? Good. Love wow. that Jake Oe is a Patreon member. Shout that. out to
0: Jake Oe. Shout out to all of our Patreon members. Yes. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. We really appreciate you guys.
1: So Jake Oe says, "You told me a story." about how you would do salmon and crab fishing in the spring for a month and how gnarly it was, but you made tons of dough. Please discuss.
2: Ooh, uh, I can't, I don't know. He must have only hung out with me because I only did that once. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, oh, no, like, okay, salmon and crab, like, not commercially. I only did it one time commercially, but, like, I go salmon and crabbing all the time. Like, my neighbor Toma, like, has a sick little skiff, and we go, like, right out behind my— right below my house is the Pacific ocean and you can go harvest crab right there. And I have tons of friends that like salmon fish and we'll go out and like catch fish. And like, he, he came to some of the barbecues. Oh wow. Is what he did for sure. Jake. You did it commercially too. I, I did the salmon fish in Bristol Bay commercially one summer. And I mentioned that a little bit earlier in the podcast. And like, that was kind of in the transition phase of like moving over to six, eight, six as the team manager. I had this opportunity. They were like, hey, do you want to come work on the boat and see what that's all about? And like I had all the like people up in Bellingham, like they all fish and and do a lot of that. So I have so many friends I was like tapped in with. And it's kind of like summer camp for the boys, you know, like you go up there and you live on this boat. You like you like shit in a bucket, you know, really? like, it's just crazy. You never touch land, you know, like once you're out there. And we were out there for, I think, like 25 days or something like that. And you're just fishing, just picking fish out of the line as they come in and like doing these rad barbecues and watching the sunsets over Alaska. And like, it's crazy. But but I think he's talking a little bit more about like I always have like seafood and like I'm always chefing up mad meals for everybody who's around me and cooking for people. I love I love to cook. And I love to, like, you know, like, if you can get it off the land. I'll, just recently, we've been getting a lot of dungeon Dungeness crab. Mm. And, like, dude, I love crab cakes and, like, crab, like, t- dipped in butter and all sorts of make
3: I like, I to, like, I like to make, make kings,
2: king salmon fillets Woo. and, like, t- ribeyes, you know, whatever, man. I'm like, you you could ask my team riders on the squad. They know, like, I'm you all. You well. wow. We're eating good. Oh, I mean, like, we're eating, like, kings, like, the entire time. That's for sure. Like, wow. That's a big part of it though you know like you got you got to think about it it's like you know grand diesel doesn't put any anything but premium unleaded with no ethanol in that body yeah that's actually the truth yeah and so it's like our body is the best thing we got going dude it's the number one engine we should be feeding the goods to so
0: let's put some race gas in that body yeah 110 octane you <laughs> know? might
2: stop by the uh i remember like uh Curtis Ezek and austin smith they'd they'd roll by like the airport and get like airport yeah. fuel or some shit and like put that in there what it's supposed to be better yeah I, higher octane i think you can get so, like really? 97 well, or 90 you can get 110 yeah. oh, that's dude. what yeah my my dirt bike you need yes, to go down the gren diesel hole on that he knows a little yeah. more about that than me <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, wow. I, but, uh, you know, it's like, dude, if if you're going to pick an engine to put the goods into, it should be your body. That's you know? a good like, point. Yeah, like, I, I think it's important that we think about what we eat and, like, and just in the same, it's, like, the way that we live, like, it's so important to have, like, a compost pile at your house and, to, like, think about, like, you know, just make sure you're recycling and, like, doing whatever you can. You know, the earth's taking a beating from all of us humans, so important that we think about that. And like, you know, that's one of the things with 686 being climate neutral. It's a, it's like kind of a proud moment, you know, that they're willing to invest back in there and not realize that like, you know, those, those fabrics and the DWR and all that, it takes a beating on the environment. So we have to find a way to pay it back, you know?
0: Well said. And I think there's kind of a segue from, from what I've heard you say. And the fact that when you're doing commercial fishing, it kind of made you realize, okay, maybe I I don't want a career in this. I'd rather do a career in snowboarding. And did that push you towards 686?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like the, the, you know, what it made me realize is that like nothing that I would face as a team manager would really be as brutal as like that job, you know? So it's like, Oh, I have to buy the pizza and (laughs) book the hotel rooms and like, and cook the food. Like, you know, it made it just made me realize that it was important. And, you know, another thing is, like, and I'm sure a lot of people could understand this, like, after you're a pro snowboarder, you're faced with this dilemma in your life. And I don't know if everybody deals, deals with it the same way, you know, but, like, I, I knew, like, yo, my mortgages on my houses, they weren't getting any cheaper, but my sponsors weren't really paying me what I needed. And I was watching, like, my bank account decline as, like, I'm trying to keep up and I didn't want to sell everything, you know? And so like, I, I took this, the fishing job and I didn't do like crazy with the fishing, you know, like it wasn't some lights out. Like I made a hundred thousand bucks or whatever. Like, you know, it was more just like, I went up there and I gathered the experience and tried it out. And I thought it could be something like I could come back to, you know, I like to have a lot of pillars that I can fall back to in life and like, in and just diversifying yourself. I've been like, home remodeling and stuff like that is something that I love to do like on my places. And like, you know, f- like that's another element that you can add. And, you know, like I like anything like that, that I can just diversify myself personally and, and get to the place that I want to be and, and have like extra skills, you know, like whenever you have a job, like you should always bring more to the table than you think you should
1: you know? invest in yourself. Huh? Yeah,
2: exactly. Like read books, like, I've been, like, I just got, a like, a 6K, like, like video camera. And I've been, like, kind of, like, going down all these YouTube rabbit holes and learning. And they call me, like, 6K Sarge when I'm out there. <laughs> it's hilarious. 6K and Sarge. So I got this setup and And, you know, like, I started filming a little at the end of the season. And, like, I, th- I think, like, as time goes on, like, I'd love to be able to be, like, that, add that element or, or asset to my field where it's, like, I'm already out there with the – guys going raw you know like get the good clip of them like and help out like that's dope you know like we've all been there we've all grabbed a camera when we were out filming with our with our crews and like and gotten a clip of somebody and the way that makes them feel and like you know like it's it's cool so i think it's important to like always be like on the learning process you know don't ever think that you know it all
0: smart always more to learn well we happen to have a guest question from brent over at 686 here we go
2: What up, bomb hole? Hope you guys
1: are having a great time in the booth there with the old Sarge McCarthy. I got a guest question for you. Pat, you know, you've been an incredible team manager in this industry. Can you talk about your transition from professional snowboarder to team manager? And then also some advice you would give to any shredders right now that are looking to move from just a snowboarder, whether it's pro or just someone ripping around the resort to
2: a spot in the industry. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to hear what you have to say and hearing in the episode. Enjoy it, y'all. Nice. Brent Brent is an amazing human being, man. I'm so grateful to work with him. And uh, I always love to call him my, the boss, you know, because he's like my boss. But he's also just an amazing person, like, in a lot of different ways. But, um, you know, the whole transition thing is is important, like, there's no real way that I could, like, describe exactly how you want to do it. But, you know, remain authentic is a really important thing. And um, be selfless in that, too. You know, like, it's not about you anymore. You're not the little – you're not the pro rider that gets everything dialed that where they just, like, they just fly in. You pick them up. You take them for breakfast. You take them for lunch. You make sure they have enough beer. Like, you go get them a dinner. You go buy their lift ticket. They get to the mountain – like that's a sacred time. And so you have to change your mental as a rider. Like when you're going to shift to like, I have to do that for five other people and it's not about me anymore and it doesn't matter. And so it takes a little bit of time to bring yourself down to that level. I'm sure like different, you know, snowboarders have been dealing with this for throughout the ages, you know, like, and it's just like, it just, it takes time. And I think like, You know, what, what I would say is if you're looking for that, you know, spend your time outside of being in the mountains, learning a lot, you know, learn about avalanche safety, learn about like, you know, how to utilize the internet and social media, learn about filming, learn about how to get a cool angle, make friends with filmers and photographers and give back to the art, give back to the photographer's Make sure that them lugging that 90-pound bag around is worth their their time and their energy. Give them respect. Like, the quickest way to get cut on my team is if you, like, disrespect a photographer or filmer that, that I'm out with, like, you're dust. Then, wow. You know, it's like treat everybody along the way with respect and and, yeah, and, like, diversify yourself and, you know, don't – I don't know. Don't expect, like – in this world these days, like don't expect some like big gravy train to roll up with a bunch of money. Like, go do it for the love and like find your own peace outside of that. Like, and like the other stuff will come. Like when you give, like you know, Mike West, he took a shot, he took a shot at me and like and gave me the job um, to work for Six Eight Six, not knowing that I would that I would do a great job at it, you know, like, but like he gave me that opportunity. So it was my job to like take it to the next level and to find like ways to be great at it, you know, and I'm not saying like, there's a lot of great like team managers and stuff in the game too. Like, and I respect a ton of them. And like, I love the ones that rip, you know, like people that ride hard still. And like, you know, like Zach Nigro, like (laughs) that dude rips it up and like different dudes in the industry, they go hard. And like that, that really helps them connect the dots with their team riders, you know. And like th- when you can earn their respect, like throwing it down with them, or at least keeping up and ripping, like that's a that's a big part of it. So I'd say, like you know, diversify yourself and and just like you know, do it for the right reasons, you know. Find and like and just respect every single person along the way. Like that's another thing about this industry is like if you, like, fly off the, the rails or something and just give somebody the business, like, you have no idea if that dude is going to be your boss in, like, a month. <laughs> like so true on. in this sport. In huh? this sport <laughs> and in this industry, that's one thing I've learned. That's why, like, I just really try to, like, tread lightly and treat everybody sweet, you know, and, like, be cool and and, like... And yeah, just, just you never have any idea where the next person's going, you know, and like that's that's one thing that I've learned and that's a good thing in just in general, man. Be a good person, like and and be be like kind and and give like to everyone around you and it'll come back. But uh yeah, if you're looking for that industry job, like you know, go out there and get it. Like and also dude, follow up. Throw out like, you know, be upfront about what you want, man. Go get it.
1: I have a Patreon question.
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: This is from John McDonald and he says in Washed Up, there's a great scene where you're going through sponsor me videos. Back in the day, writers would send VHS tapes to companies to try to get hooked up. How has the process of finding team writers changed? And do you have any advice for young groms hoping to get their first few sponsors?
2: Yeah, um, it definitely has changed a ton. You know, there's no... You're not
1: t- getting any VHS tapes? I'm not, dude. And I got the VHS
2: player <laughs> up the cabin. I got all the old DVDs. I got all the old standard films. Like, got to dive in. And yeah, like, it used to be so much more complicated. But it, then, in and of, in a way, it's even more complicated now. You know, it's like, you got to, like, this day and age, like, you got to have Instagram. You got to, like, build, like, kind of a following. You got to show people, like, that you're an amazing snowboarder. But, like you've also got to like you know just it's about like you know kind of a kind of a, about being very variable you know being able to be different in different scenarios like you got to be able to hang with everybody you like some of these kids like they don't even know what they're getting into when mm-hmm. they get into that dude like the 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 world out there is crazy you know grab you know you've seen it all like you've been down it all with the, the trip so it's like i think I think remaining true to yourself, make yourself uncomfortable. Like, I'm going to go back to my old stalwart thing here. It's like, it's like, dude, don't only ride with your friends because they gas you up and they make you feel cool. Like, go ride with some other people. Go do some contests. Like, go mix it up. Like, go build jumps by yourself, like new ones, and go and go get, it, get some buddies that want to film with you and like make some dope content like that's like what i like that's why like guys like the dust box like i live for that because like they're out there they got a crew they're filming each other they're helping each other out you know maybe that guy like doesn't have enough money to like get that meal but one of the homies will chip in and like that's what it's all about man like i've like forged so many relationships through snowboarding and like everybody gave back to me in a special way and like open their door they dude i slept on floors i still will sleep on floors you know like but sleep on floors along the way and then like reciprocate dude when the homies are like oh it's time to go to baker dude you knew my house was just like dude, it was just a, like sleeping bags for days dude. <laughs> bunk like, beds in the garage. yeah dude we had two sets of bunk beds downstairs then you'd have two dudes on the couch and then like in the, then your roommates start getting butt hurt because you got too many other homies around, and they can't get in the bathroom. You know, you know how it goes. Like it was just crazy. Grateful that those times have kind of sub Like now that I am married, you know, it's not as loud allow- allowed as much. You are not that's throwing much- eight people in the crib. Nah, nah. <laughs> we'll go get an Airbnb if we need to do that. You know, which we we were just in Mount Hood last week. But yeah, I think it's like it's so important to to you know just there. There is no right or wrong way to do it. I just know that like, you know, just don't expect somebody to just show up to your door with like a big check and be like, you're yes. pro now, bro, because you did that front five. Like you're going all the way to the end. Like, you know, like I always tell people like it, a million dominoes had to fall into place for me to get where I was going. You know, like it was not, it was not an easy path. And there wasn't one thing that happened, you know, and like, I I even remember like tough times, like when I, like I had to leave, I left tech nine actually to like go to Northwave and Drake. And like, I remember I'd type the email and stew over it and then just delete it and then type (laughs) it all up again and then delete it. And then like, I was just like, I just got to send this thing off and like, you know, move, like figure out where I'm going with this. And, and when you make those like decisions, they're tough, dude. And it hurts. And like, dude, you know, you almost like can shed tears, but like, you know, you got to do what's right for yourself. And you gotta just be true to yourself and 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 like you know respect your own opinion and go with it. But like yeah, it's the landscape has changed. Like I used to roll around with the VHSs in the backpack and the three ring binders. So like weird, like to think about that now, you know. Like I'd go to Vegas and I would like not even have a room. I would like sleep like in like by the elevator like behind like a, <laughs> wow. a jar with like my backpack and like my parents had like no clue what i was doing and, and you would just go there with no room be booked and just sleep where some homies were yeah or i'd try to find a room yeah and if i couldn't then i just did what i needed to do and and then i just go and like yeah I'd try to meet people and like network network yeah dude if you if you're not networking and you're just like in your own comfort zone and you ain't getting there. Yeah, I
1: love what you say about getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I remember those Army move, uh, commercials back in the day where they'd show someone that was, like, on the weekend, I'm um, building bombs and shooting guns. So, therefore, on the week, I can do anything I need to because they're out of their comfort zone, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's for the weekend warrior Army people.
2: Yeah, exactly. But,
1: yeah, if you've been on a rail trip or a backcountry trip, you can do anything after that.
2: Yeah, exactly, man. You're just you got to – there's so many elements of it that have to fall into place. Yeah. And, you know There's what's... Oh, go ahead. Go right ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, I think it's really cool uh, thinking about your role at 686 and the stewardship of our sport is really important, right? The mm-hmm. stewardship of what direction we're going to go. And to a degree, you being a team manager is dictates the stewardship of our sport of who's on the team and who's not what projects are we going to support? Are we going to support this video? Or are we just going to get influencers? Or are we going to do, uh, there's a million different directions you can do it, totally. but it's, it's like huge kudos to 686 for taking somebody that understands that heart is in the sport and hiring yourself to do a job and making sure that I'm going to support these projects because they're important to snowboarding. I'm going to support these riders because I believe in these guys. I'm going to, you know, building that team and, and, uh, you see inversely brands that hire the wrong team manager. And it's quickly the, the brands crash and burn when there's not the right people in those, you know, when you see turnover and you see new teams and shuffling, there's no direction and there's no, um, heartbeat because a brand simply is who works for them. That's what a company is. Who's, who's the, is the, it's the, as to put it in football terms, it's the personnel. Yeah, the personnel. You know, totally. And so it's really, it's really cool to see what you've done uh, in that position.
2: Yeah, and like it, I picked the riders. Um, You know, some of them, they, like, there's no right or wrong way that I'm going to choose it. You know, like there's everybody's different in their own way. It's like it's just all about like as a team rider, you should be thinking like of like each trip. You know, like how did you leave that trip? Like, did you leave? with all out on the table or did you go half ass? Did you party too much? Did you not? Did you, did you slay it? Like evaluate it, you know, like before Instagram and Facebook and all the social media stuff, like I was really important to me. Like when I would shoot photos, I'd ask those photographers maybe to send me like a proof sheet or something, or like even sometimes I'd get the slides dude and I'd make my own prints. And then I would like send my sponsors and be like, Here's how the trip went with like Dano Pendergrass last week. Here's how the trip went with E Stone. Here's how the trip with Yoshida. These are my Yoshida shots. And like, you know, nowadays like riders are like, I just don't even know if I'm gonna put up an Instagram this week. You know, it's like, <laughs> dude, get it going. Like, you know, it's like you're steering the ship, dude. Like, where do you wanna steer it? You wanna go like park it or do you wanna go like push it? You know, like so there's a there's a lot of different ways to do it. And it's 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 tough. It's not like there's a perfect, like, you know, there's not a perfect equation for all this, dude. And, like, some people do it great. You know, other people. Like, I think, like, when I look back, like, I love how, like, Blake Paul is. Oh, yeah. Like, he goes on a dope- Professional. Yeah, dude, shouts to Blake Paul. Be proddy. Not to try to get off topic, but I just think it's so cool how, like, he kind of, like, gets his little iPhone moments along the way of his trip, and then he makes a cool little edit and puts it out. Like, and then along the way of that, you know, Ollie G got like the hammer yeah. photos. He gets him a couple of those. He puts those down, and then it just looks like it's just a clean way to do it. You know,
0: pro tip. And then on the subject too, I was thinking about you talking about being in people, and I just think about it was fucking easier back in the day because, like, think <laughs> about all like if you're in one of those handful of videos, be it people or Absinthe or Transworld or MacDog, if you're in one of those marquee films. You happen to if you got your foot in there and you filmed a few good parts, I mean, dude, all you had to do all winter is basically get 20 clips, yeah, and then like that you're you're set for the rest of the year. Like that's it. Like what yeah. do you have to do? I have to film my job. Meg is basically I have to film. 20 clips and like, and you're like that way. And then nowadays he's like, you got to get your, your social, you got to get never done. It's a, it's a, it's a grind. I mean, it was a grind back then, but it's a different grind.
2: It was like, it was really more about like the finite assets back then. So like what it would be like is like you would, you'd be trying to get like a cover shot or two and you'd be trying to like, you know, shoot at least 10 to 15 photos that were going to end up in either like trans world snowboard snowboard mag you know, you'd hope that they'd ship them over to Europe too. maybe get a couple shots over there, maybe in the Japan mag, and then you have your part drop, and then maybe you have a bonus saggy, but you didn't have any other platform to put it out on, and that's like what I what I grew up in, you know, so it was like, I'd go on these trips, I would just go off, like give it everything I got, and just come home, and just be dusted, and just sleep, and it's like, you know, it was like, I might never even have seen a single photo from Scott surface when I had like my best couple of weeks or maybe one shot ended up in the mag, you know? And it's just like crazy. Cause like nowadays it'd be like all 75 of those dope shots that you shot, you were trying to get those back, you know, like, and you're trying to get like half of those for the gram or whatever, or a couple of those. And like, yeah, it's definitely gotten a little bit more complicated.
1: Back then, you wouldn't even get access to his Never, shots. Yeah, not at all. Dude. You wouldn't even see them. They go to the max. to Nick Hamilton's, yeah. uh You would desk. have no say. And yeah. now you're like, "Can I get the the bees for my gram?" And
2: uh, you've been through it all. You know, you've yeah. seen every side of it too. So all the way from cool. electricity
1: to yeah. medium format. Yeah. I, to, I saw the invention of the snowboard. Yeah, to Thomas uh, Edison. who knows what's going to be next? <laughs> Churning. What's, butter. what's crazy is the kids these days seem like they don't even put any onus on wanting to get. They don't really care as much.
2: That's kind of the cool vibe is to yeah. like
1: put that off. But maybe those are the kids that aren't going well, to rise up Well the though know,
0: that this is another whole wormhole to go down. But like, well, where does the photo live? That's the thing. Yeah. Back then when you had, like you mentioned, all these magazines and you didn't have, the, the magazines were a great place that was an, like an analog item that you could hold. And it was really special. And needed to be in and, there. And, and now, yeah. uh, now the photo on a, on a tiny screen uh, is it's just it's not just, as special, and there's it, it is special to get a photo in a mag, but they're fewer and far between. Yeah,
2: yeah, and you notice like you know you go and shoot these beautiful photos with like the all the photographers that you respect the most, and you put it up on the gram, and you get like whatever likes, and then like. Your little homie's got like his ghetto like iPhone out and he films like a little fisheye clip of you like hitting some random booter. That thing gets like thirty thousand views. Yeah, and you're that's like so true. this guy's lugging a ninety pound bag, like putting in work. He's got like three decades of experience. <laughs> and like and like my little friend over here with like his iPhone Jo yeah. on his like hat iPhone Jim <laughs> just gave me this clip and it went absolutely viral. So it's like, yeah, there's there's a lot It's a no confusing world, thing. huh? But I would just say like to leave on that would just the main thing is, man, really respect these photographers and these videographers putting in the real work, doing that behind the scenes, making it an art and like make sure that you're cutting the check and and helping them keep that art going and, and giving back to that side of the sport, because without them, there's no you. So believe in that. Damn
0: wise words
1: knowledge from the Sarge.
0: Okay. We're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Granite Towers Equity Group. It's Dan Breezy's company. He was episode 71 of the bomb hole. He's a friend of the show. And if you're looking to invest some money, he's got a great company for you. So here's a couple words from Dan.
3: What's up everybody. Dan Breezy here with Granite Towers Equity Group here to talk to you a little bit about investing During my snowboarding career, I made some pretty stupid investments and put a lot of my money in IRAs and life insurance policies, and I soon realized these investments were not going to move the needle. So in 2017, we founded Granite Towers Equity Group, where we buy multifamily apartments, we come in and add value to every deal we buy by upgrading the property's interior and exterior, and you can invest right alongside us. You don't have to go out and learn it all, and manage your deals, and become a professional investor. We've raised just under 100 million in equity and have 2,100 units under management in the Dallas, Texas and Nashville, Tennessee market. And we invest in every deal we buy. Every single deal, we'll have skin in the game. So direct message me today on Instagram to learn more. My Instagram name is at Dan Breezy. That's at D-A-N-B-R-I-S-S-E. Or send me an email, dan at granitetowersequitygroup.com. Thanks.
0: All right, buds, you know what it's time for. It's my favorite time. What time's that? It's pub beer time, brother. Are you gonna crack can? Oh,
1: am I gonna crack can? Let's
0: go. Deleting can presented by Stony Buds. What's their motto, buds? Cheap, fun beer. Does it fit does the motto fit the product? It's cheap, it's fun, and it's delicious, I will add, and yeah, it's let's go. It's a good yeah. time. Well, if you're responsibly thinking about blacking out, potentially urinating your pants, waking up in a snowbank. In uh, the Mount Baker parking lot, or just casually having a uh, one half of a beer after work responsibly. One half of beer? Huh? Let's go full beer. Full beer. Okay. Full beer. Responsibly. What are you going to choose, buds? We're going to choose pub beer every time. Okay. Here we go.
3: Welcome to the pub beer crab shoot. Come on, it, it, pick it.
0: roll that dice.
2: Never been a big dice roller.
0: You can tell by that roll.
2: Throwing down a four ski
0: four okay this is a good question we didn't never I don't know if we ever never get, get a four what is your worst bail or one of your worst bails oh yeah
2: ooh worst bails and was
0: there a heat <coughs>
1: involved <laughs> in the middle of a cartwheel or something oh dude I
2: actually totally remember the worst bail so I was in Whistler filming and like actually like I think J P Walker brought this up to me one time um, but like so we're out at like Seagrams everybody always goes to Seagrams. And I, I saw this gap. I laid eyes on it, and like nobody had really that I was with or anything mentioned that like, dude, nobody had ever really built that because it had it had this huge dish in it, and like an obvious like uphill flat wall over here, and then and landing. And I worked on it. I remember I had to get like Simone Chamberlain. Louis Fountain, Sean McKay—they were all helping me dig, but none of them. They were all also saying like, "I'm not hitting that." <laughs> and and we just kept going. And then I noticed like everyone was kind of falling off, like they weren't going to help like anymore. It was ridiculous that I was thinking I was going to get over this gap, blah blah blah. And 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 at a certain point, I just was like, hey, I'm just going to hit it." Like I don't <laughs> know. Like there's just nothing. And I remember like Jeff Patterson was my photographer that day. And yeah, I just don't air hone at Jeff.
0: Oh, sorry. For sure.
2: Um, and I just remember it it was an option. Like it was an option poster and I think I got to go down and I got to be honest. And I think that like, I just basically died the whole time. Like I never really like stomped over it. And one time I landed in the middle of the gut and it was like a crash in there. But I just remember like, it was like, bigger than the artist point road gap <laughs> and it was like and it was like just something that hadn't been really hit and i tr- and i gave it my best college try and like i think if you know if t ricky was over there and he like tuned her all up he'd probably get it you know yeah but
1: like, I love that it what? was an
2: option poster, too. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I know, you know, I, I think there's like a common rule in the industry that if you don't get it, you're not supposed to run the poster. 100%. I don't think Patterson was too worried about yeah. that. No, there's, I think he do so worried about I'll that. I'll tell you what, there may be times where me and Buds weren't yeah, so worried about that, too. Yeah, he, I would say I think everybody
1: has those moments.
2: <laughs> there there was the one shot of me where I'm like completely upside down, grabbing Indy over the gap, like God knows how high up what in trick the middle. Are you talking? Front court, yeah, all day, dude. That's that's what I got to go with. You know that, yeah. That's automatic. That's automatic. So, uh, but yeah, that was a funny one. And like, you know, I bet if like, I bet if all the riders that were there, like all went in with me and like, were on the same, Maybe you like got if, there. It, it, it might've gone, but you know, you dude, didn't have that energy that you need. Dude, you never some, went back. dude honestly, sometimes you like, you just got to do those kind of things. And like, if it feels right for you and like, you just blow everyone's time and you blow it, that's just all part of the process. It's part of it. Everyone expects it in, that. Yeah, too. dude. It Patterson, Patterson slang the image it and got paid. Money. So that's all that matters, man.
0: Now, are there different types of he's? Like, is there like a... <laughs> like yeah. A, yeah, can you break them is down? Like, like can I, Can you break different tones? Well, the tone? thing, like that, like, the thing, the thing that
2: Yoshida used to always love was tree. So okay. there's like, you could do it with a tree. So can you just give us that in action? And then there's like he, and then there's he. You know, there's, there's you're, different You're lines. like, not then, that
1: stoked he. It's like a he. Tree is like,
2: you're going to hit a tree. <laughs> tree. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
2: You never know. I like it Oh
0: good stuff Well let's whack it Let's whack another smeller To uh, get us across the finish line Here okay. boys Whack
1: it Whack it Whack it Whack it Whack <coughs> it Smelling sniff oh. Scratch and sniff oh, Dude I'm going sniff.
2: way Woo. mellower This Yeah, round.
1: You want to ease it
2: So is that blood or not That's the actual <laughs> Active ingredient uh, uh, okay. Available Do at
0: bombhole.com
2: I think I might I might get a little packet Of these though For out like you know When I need to get a quick whipper Bombhole.com They are yeah. available yeah, we we can get you a discount code. I discount see like code. The, why is beard. it so big in hockey? Like the hockey well, guys ho- are always. Hockey crying. is because
0: you you basically go out for you know a sixty second shift and you're sixty sh- seconds. Yeah, like hockey's like there's three lines or four depending on how deep you're on your lines, and you throw your leg over the boards and you go out and you skate as hard as you can. For about sixty seconds, you know, thirty to ninety, whatever, and then you come back, and it's it's just a sprint. So, and then you're changing the lines. So, so you're so, cracking. So you it's kind of like it, like shocks your uh you know system your, your system. I guess I, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but uh, I don't know if it works for Patrick Kane. Then it's good. Works for us. So hey, um,
1: Gretzky used to snap him or what? I'm not sure with Gretzky. We're gonna need to get to history. Yeah, we're gonna history. Need to, I'll do I don't a history know, book yeah, report do on. Do a book him. report See on, on Smell ABU, maybe we'll drop some knowledge next to ABU. All
0: right, Sarge. Are you ready to go in the hot seat for some hot takes?
2: Uh yes. Okay. He's ready. He-he.
0: Perfect. First first question. MJ Michael Jordan to you and or goat of snowboarding, both male and female, who you got?
2: For the Michael Jordan of snowboarding, I'm going to go with Travis Rice. I just think that he has done a ton for the sport. He has done amazing things, like, way before other people. And he also documented it, like, way gnarlier than anyone else ever did. And, like, some of these movies that kids today might, like, just – browse over like dark matter like if you were on top of some of those lines like you literally would have died mm-hmm. and he survived so it's like i gotta give him some flowers i don't know the i feel like he has flowers i don't think that many people have given him the respect on on here as he's deserved and like i've watched it and like you know he's the kind of guy like when i see that when i see his videos about to come out you know, like, I have to go and buy it wherever it is because I have to see, like, what wild antics he got up to and how, like, insane it was filmed. And so I'm going Travis Rice, man.
1: Yeah, you know it's going to be sick. Uh, yeah, about- and then
2: on the on the female front, you know, I think I'm going to go Hana Beeman.
0: Love that answer. Yeah. That.
2: Hannah Beeman has just been like a stalwart for so long and she's done so many things. And then to see her like win at, uh, like NST this year, like in AK and you know, she's just like all those X games wins and all the different things that she's done. And she's built like a really cool sense of community. And she's just like one of the, one of the homies, dude, I ju- I was just chilling with her a couple days ago and she's just, she's a beautiful person inside and out. And she is the shit, so. Great, great answer. Uh, next question, most underrated you got? Is that like like up and coming or like somebody who kind of got dusted by it's the to game? You.
0: To you, just like, I don't know, a lot of times maybe, like I think of it as like somebody I see riding all the time that doesn't get the shine they deserve, but you're like, that person's the best. That's That would be how I'd interpret that.
2: I might give my boy uh, up at Baker, uh, Lex Creeper, L- Leif Jones, a little bit of love on that. Cause he's just Leif like, Leif is dope. Bro. Yeah. He doesn't play any of the industry games and he just gives, I, he's just a big sender, big stomper. And like, you know, people love to ride with him and, yeah, I think I think he deserves a little bit of props there. So he's just a great human too. Yeah, he's a great human. He lives he lives it up, and he he charges and goes huge and stomps, dude. And that's kind of like what I'm all about, you know. And he definitely like I think I feel like that that's a good one.
0: Okay, steel or powder. <laughs> powder.
1: Let's revisit that triple kink. I yeah. was gonna say they might take
0: away his Craig Kelly Lifetime Achievement yeah. Award if you said steel. He goes steel. Yeah, like actually it's been
2: revoked. I had the best powder trip this year, man. Last this last season, I had the most incredible <laughs> trip. The bald face, like big shout outs to Jeff Pensiero, and like oh my gosh, it was just cold, deep every day, smoke forty thousand vert of nonstop action. I was in absolute pig in the mud <laughs> <laughs> it was insane dude like i would w- i would wake up with a giant smile and step out into the snow and come back with a giant smile and i i just never stopped to shoot a photo or do anything other than just shred every single line that was in front of me like like reckless abandon
0: that's a great uh we paint a great picture
1: it's a great
2: ad for
0: um, Baldface Bald lodge. Face. Yeah, for, I mean thinking about going. Okay, best style ever to do it. Best, or style. best, your favorite style. However, you want to interpret that.
2: I think that the best style snowboarder that I've ever been around in my whole life, I would give it to Mark Landvik. He's just is very. He's like, he's got cat like reflexes, and he just the way that he does things is just magical. It's like perfect every time, and like he always stands out i mean another one w- would be like terry A. hawkinson he's he's very sacred in the style department
1: lando's nice with the banter too yeah you gotta get is. him in the booth yeah, you gotta yeah. slide him in get here. lando
2: in the booth for show okay
0: best snowboard video ever made
2: Woo. i guess i'll go with uh i guess i'm gonna go with that's it that's all i don't know why i just like made well yeah it was just it made you just feel like you needed to be on that trip like in all those trips and and i think like the production value and what they were putting into it and like you know when most snowboard films don't usually have like five million dollar budgets you know like we're usually out there grinding the best we can with the vx 2000 in hand, dude and and uh i think it's pretty special when they had the big production values and all that kind of stuff so I found a lot of motivation with that, but I also was a really big fan of like Burning Bridges and like I love like I think his name was Shelby, yeah like Shelby, Shelby, dude. I, I was Shelby Menzel. The the vibes of that and like some Hebble parts and stuff. Like even though I'm a powder powder dogger, like I got mad love for all the rail riders, and I think that some of the stuff that they that has come out is like rad and like the vibes and everything. So big shout outs to the to that crew as well. Okay, best board graphic ever. Oh, best board graphic ever for me is uh, I've always loved the Jamie Lynn. Uh, they call it the Wheat graphic, but I also love the Jamie Lynn Whale graphic um, on LibTech. It's probably my favorite graphic of all time, and and I've always loved his art, and he's he's just an amazing human and and a stalwart veteran. I think you're legally Starward.
0: you're legally actually, like, uh, obligated. obligated to say that if you're from uh, the Mount north Baker west. area.
2: Yeah. yeah, dude, he's just a misty ledge. Misty ledge. We need those misty ledges.
0: Uh, okay, next one. Pants over or under the high back? Oh, the high back. Like, did you rock? Like, were your high backs <laughs> exposed? Like, uh, you know, like, your high backs. Like, back in the day, some people rode their... They went right over. They went it. over them. They
2: cloaked them. Yeah, oh, I'm so. going pants on... Um, under the high, high back, back exposed. Yeah, high because yeah. I rode for Tech 9 and I rode for Drake, and they both, those were like, it was important to show that. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Okay, if you could go
0: heli boarding with three people
2: in the world, good times who you taking. I love to ride with Forrest Bailey. Use the bomb. Like, probably definitely Forrest and, uh let's see, Kurt Jensen and Jesse Burton.
0: Not bad. Solid, solid answer. Uh, You know, last two we got here is the beaver slap. You smacking that in the chair. chair eight or chair 10
2: lift line i think or? it's it's totally uh there is no chair 10 but um, i just i was trying to bullshit my <laughs> way just like i knew chairs there. out there chairs, uh, you, went, okay, too you is. went too high you need to interpret the beaver slap dependent on what kind of vibe you're catching from the lifty okay mm. yeah like if he's gonna be one of those dicks like you don't really want to bring that on yourself mm-hmm. but you know what like Our wet, thick snow up there, you got to bring the beaver slap from time to time. But I might be more of like a get on the chairlift and then ride away from there and then hit the beaver slap to, like, get my buckle in. That's like a pro tip. After.
0: Okay, last question. Worst trend. What do you got?
2: (laughs) Hating on people. That's, like, the number one worst trend ever. That's good. Give everyone their flowers. (laughs) Gas your boys up. Tell them you love them tell everybody around you that they're ripping and and make people feel special man life is short give it your all and like uh just be a kind human being on planet earth
0: great love great it. answer now our listeners and ourselves also love uh, talking about setups boards the boards you ride how you set them up what are you currently riding how do you set it up bindings angles wax all the above what do you got
2: I like to ride the Travis Rice Pro one sixty one point five board. I got the Union Team bindings; those are my favorite. I got a bunch of pairs of those. I like to use the uh, the Vans Versa Versa boot. I think it is. Um, that's nice. And then I wear uh, six eight six. Obviously, we got the Gore Tex Pro. Pro outfit right now, the the Rhino kit. I've been wearing that a lot. Um, it's like really high end Gore Tex, very tough and like kind of like a, abrasive and just deals with the Northwest like no other. Dragon goggles. I've always rocked dragon goggles. And I got the one ball J Wax under the board. Um, I got a 23 and a half inch stance with 21 on the front and probably like negative nine on the back. That's a
0: stomper stance. Yeah, that's a. That's, that's kind of what we
2: And I'd also like to give. I I will uh, when I'm not riding the T-Rice uh, Pro model board. I like to ride the Chris Rosman Pro model. I ride that a nice. lot too. So that's that one comes in like a fifty nine. I think those are like my kind of go to. I'll ride the Jamie Jamulin too.
0: Okay, before we we wrap this thing up, I gotta I gotta clear the air on something because I remember seeing a clip of Curtis Cizik, uh launching a snowmobile in one of the people videos. It's a jumping Logan here, and he, he fucking ejects. Like, he eats shit bad. And um, I later heard that that is maybe your snowmobile, or like he had borrowed it and jumped it or sold it to you or something like that.
2: Harsh is all I can. I, 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 this is the first I've ever heard of it, but I did buy a snowmobile off of oh. Justin Eels, and maybe it did get jumped by Curtis, and it was kind of a lemon, so that would kind of make sense. That, that, they
1: sold you the one that he jumped, the lemon, yeah, I guess. Was I but it, I mean, is it the
2: red skidoo? It, yeah, black, white, Ooh. and red. Yeah, that's that's the one Curtis, uh, Tommy's. Oh man, dude, that there's a reason why it was a lemon, but no.
3: Yeah, I've never
2: actually heard that before, so that's actually hilarious. So Curtis, we're going to need a fact check Curtis. on yes. that. We're going to need Curtis Ezek on there. Let's get Curtis Ezek and Airhorn just for his snowmobile abilities, yeah. dude. Guy is an absolute beast.
0: Yeah, Kurt's a bit of a problem on the sled. <laughs> and also whacking fish, too.
2: Oh, yeah, whack-a-mole. He's a whack-a-mole. <laughs> he's pretty good at whacking brews, too. Yeah, well, well whacking Choskies, yeah. whacking them. Oh, he's whacking. got he's got the whole setup dialed, dude. Those Bend boys, everything. Bend, Bend, in my opinion, man, that place is blowing up, dude. Bachelor, it's producing the guys, man. They're going for it. Let's talk
0: about a batchy 686 rider you guys just picked up. Mm. I'm going to use one one word. Exciting. Jar.
2: Mason Jar. Yeah, Mason Jar. We just got Mason Jar on the team. He's going off. He's actually a he's go, kid's going places.
0: He's yeah, he is. Going places. he is.
2: He's going high up in the air, <laughs> <laughs> spinning around and crushing it. No, he's uh, that's super sick. He's he's one of the new additions, is along with uh, Keegan Hofstros and uh, Blake Keegan. Moeller. So we got some. Uh, those are kind of like the young gunners, and we got our Forrest Bailey, Hannah Beeman, Dare Reed. Victor Daviette, Shuhei Sato, Gigi Ruff. Stacked. And then uh, we have a huge like we have a I have a full like ski team too that's really special. Those guys have been killing it. Parker White, Jake Majoa, LDM, like got some really special people, man. Every single person on the team in their own way. Riley Nickerson, they're all like they're all just good people that are gonna put out some some banger authentic content and kill it. Keep pushing it. And uh, yeah, I'm hyped to see what the future holds. Love it. So yeah, that's
0: that's it for six eight six. Anything else? Any other uh, other news to the products or anything else?
2: Um, it's, it's kind of a lot of the talk around there has been all of the everywhere collection, you know, so we all have the shorts. I just got you guys all dipped up, uh, you know, got, got stone dialed in with the lounge and pants and the lounge and shorts. And, uh, yeah, we're just kind of making a little bit of something for everyone, whether you're climbing, if you're going to go out fishing, you're going to go like hiking in the mountains, working out like mountain biking. We got a whole MTB collection too. So it's like, you know, trying to make. A little bit of something for everybody but remain like super strong with our roots and snow and understand that the importance of that and and um i don't know just kind of like equipping people to be outdoors and enjoy mother nature good stuff
0: uh great stuff all around uh, man it's been a great chat before i have one more thing that just popped into my head before i just it's been fun yet and so i'm sorry to keep dragging it on but uh do you remember when we were done filming uh, like that mission when we came up for Get Real, and I happened to back over my backpack with my pickup truck. jeez, oh, I,
1: I do remember that. Wow. Yeah.
2: Camera in there? Laptop, I think. Yep, laptop. RIP yeah. the laptop. Wow. RIP laptop. It's important to, you know, you got to look for all your stuff. You know what a really good segue for that is? is uh, on this trip, I was like, you know, I'm going to throw the laptop open and put my auto reply on while while I'm gone just so – because I, mean, I know I'm him be tied up here with the bomb hole. Left the laptop at home. Oh, nice. So I don't know. Like, I was talking to Brent about it last night. He said it's like flying solo or doing something like, but, yeah. You so. basically just
1: disappeared. And yeah, you just got to disappear. from beeping over Put the phone there. on
2: airplane mode and just like, you, you know, it. sometimes we got to do that, man. Yeah, disconnect. I would tell you, every once in a while, like, everybody, a good piece of advice is like, put your phone in the drawer and, like, you know, smell the air. Hang out with your friends and, uh, you know, just be a good person.
0: Great advice. Put Smell your, put your phone in the jar, so to speak. Yeah. Put your phone in jar. the mason
2: jar, zip it up, <laughs> just throw that thing off the bridge. <laughs> 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 All right. It's been a great, great chat. With you, Pat. <clears throat> Thanks
0: for coming on. Uh, I want to say thank you for everything you've done for the sport, man. And, and it really shows, like, you just being such a good person and looking out for other people and how you've treated everybody you've met along the way so well. And this, the industry and all of our, our community, you know, loves you for it. And so thank you for everything you've done for our our sport and our community and
2: all that. Thank you very much. I love what you guys do here at the bomb holds insane. I'm always like tuning in, tapping into listen to everybody's story and like always remember you get what you give in this world. You Mm -hmm. get, you give the right energy around, like it comes back around. So just remember that when you're cruising around and uh, yeah, just be, be kind.
1: Before we sign off, do you have any thank yous that you want to toss out? I think I pretty much hit them all. I
2: think my number one, you know, is like, thank you to my mom and dad, you know, like being a good son is important to me. Uh, Thank you to my wife and daughter. Bethany and uh, and Rowan, that you know, like, thanks for all the times that you let me go rip it up.
0: Well said. Well, with that being said, we're gonna wrap this thing up. So, thank you so much to everybody that listens to the show, watches it on YouTube. If you're into it and you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Uh, Write a review. That really helps us out. And then um, thank you to our Patreon members that support us and have our backs. Thank you to all of our sponsors. And we will see you next week. Over and out from the bomb hole. All right. We hope you enjoyed the episode with the Sarge. He's a true rocket of a human being. Uh, true gem Uh, before we get out of here a couple things if you want to support the show head on over to bombhole.com you can find a link to our Patreon thank you so much to all of our Patreon members you can also find some smelling salts run through a wall smelling salts are available at bombhole.com if you want to whack a sniffer Uh, and lastly be sure to check out our new project we just launched on Bombhole's YouTube channel Plank the man boy's new videos the man boys new video rather it's got some canadian stallions beating down the backcountry we got matt belzeal jody watchniak chris rasman puts on a clinic it's a great great video so check it out on our youtube channel and hope you guys have a great rest of your week